Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pochcast. Today, Pochfad and Star will be having another absolutely riveting conversation with more wonderful, talented, and inspiring people. So, grab that drink, get your butt comfy, and hold on to your seat. This is the Pochcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of the podcast where I ask all the tough questions or I don't. You never know what's going to happen. So we have uh, with us today, of course, Star. Star, how are you doing? Don't say I'm still me. standing. She's sitting down. Um, and we, we have a fantastic uh, guest, a, a friend. A family member, a super dope, awesome human being that um, makes stabby things. Lone Mountain Knife Company. Lone, how are you doing today? I'm amazing, my friend. Thank you for the, having me. The heck yeah, dude! Like I'm, I'm stoked. Once I heard that you were, you wanted to jump on because I, I know that that Star was reaching out to people. I was just like, dude, this is this is gonna be awesome. This is gonna be awesome. I'm excited. I, I know I started with the uh, the announcer voice. Lone, how are you today? But this is. The first time that we've got to sit and just talk outside of streams, um, you know, either in mine or yours or Mogo's or whoever else we're in. So I'm, I'm kind of stoked and excited to get to know you more as the person that you are um, and see that insane shop that you guys have. That Dude, okay, I'm just going to get into it. You guys that are listening, Lone makes stabby things. And when I say stabby things, I'm talking like knives and swords. And you, you could probably tell more. But, like, when I say make, I don't mean, like, I bought a knife set and sharpened it and gave it to my cousin. Like, takes the metal and, and makes it molten lava hot, smacks it around, calls it Billy, and then shapes it into what it, you know, needs to be. It's impressive. Like the stuff that I watch you do on stream is crazy impressive, and it's got to be pretty freaking hot. It it can be, yeah. Uh, currently, I'm located in Arizona, I'm about a quarter mile from the surface of the sun. I was about to say you're already in molten lava hot temperature. Yeah. So imagine that, and then turning on a fire that's, you know, two, you know, twenty four hundred degrees Fahrenheit or more. The answer is no. Yeah, I. <laughs> it's it's a little hot, just a little bit, just a little bit. The the, the question I have because I don't know anything about the different types of metals. You show off different types of metals. Um, do you have a favorite to work with? I do. Yeah. So there's. I mean, this we we could take the entire time talking about metals. Uh, so let's go. I'll I'll keep it short. <laughs> I. <laughs> I work with uh, simple high-carbon steels, high-carbon alloys. Um, generally, that's best for knife making for bladed tools because you want a good balance of hardness versus toughness. You know, the ability to retain its edge without shattering, chipping, cracking. So you want a good balance. And, and high-carbon steels are very effective at that. Okay. But they're also fairly simple, right? Because you can get in this really fancy metallurgy with stainless steels and all kinds of crazy cryogenic treatment and things like that. Um, I, I, tend to, I, I tend to stay away from that kind of stuff. I like to keep it clean, simple, reliable. Dude, all those words I'm good with. Like all of that I'm good with. I'm just, 
I'm picturing, um, okay, there's there's one, I don't know what kind of metal it was, but you showed me a knife recently that had almost, it almost looked like tiger striping with like a darker gray through it. I don't know if that's the best way to describe it, but it was, it was, it had this really freaking neat design in them. Yes. 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 Oh. Okay. How, how does that happen? You guys can't see it. He just flashed a knife at me, but he, he just showed me the knife and it does. It has like a darker gray. Would that be like a zebra print leopard print? Yeah. So this, uh, this specific one is called a low layer twist. Uh, it's called low layer because I start with a low number of layers. This, these particular ones are eight layers. So it's got four pieces of one type of steel and four pieces of a different type of steel. Uh, and they just get stacked in alternating layers, and then I, I weld it all together, and once it's drawn out in one solid piece of material, I literally twist it, right? So the one end goes into a vise. I, I use a jig now, but essentially one end gets clamped stationary, okay. and then you take a wrench and you twist the other end so it makes a spiral throughout the whole piece of steel. Is that and while then, it's hot? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. It's, it's, all, it's all done while it's hot because when, it's, when the steel is cold, you're not going to be able to move it by okay. hand, uh, and it'll probably break, fracture, rip, tear the steel. Uh, then once it is twisted, you can forge it back flat, forge it to shape, and that's where this pattern comes from. Uh, so it's, these are the different layers of, of the steel that were once just stacked like a stack of paper that was then twisted, so now you're seeing the edge of that twist and, and the reason you get this pattern is because of the composition of the steel so the brighter steel in this case has nickel added to it okay and and that nickel allows it to resist oxidizing more than the other steel which is dark so this whole pattern shows up when you stick it in an acid let it sit in an acid and it etches it eats away at part of the steel at different rates so this shinier steel you can actually feel it it's higher it's physically higher off of the knife by just a very small margin so when you sand it you're polishing up this high spot and leaving the low spots that dark oxide color dude okay not only is that neat but bill now the science guy let's go so I didn't realize, like, I thought that that was, like, how you got the metal. I didn't realize that you actually made that pattern by forcing metal together and then, okay, anybody, anybody, okay, if you've ever seen those shows where you see those guys, they're usually big, burly gloves, and they always have beautiful beards, you sexy beast, and they pull that chunk of, yep, they pull that chunk of metal out of the fire, and it's glowing that orange-yellow, or if you've ever seen, um, uh, uh, what is that, uh, Xena Warrior Princess, you know the guy that's always hitting that shiny thing? It's not really real, but when when you see it actually being done, it it almost looks, to me, this, this is just to me, it, it looks like it's I don't know. I, I just can't imagine metal being that hot. So I'm like, there's some witchcraft going on. You're a wizard. You know, like you've created this thing because the fact that it's that hot, you said what, 2,400 degrees? 
Yeah, I want to say, and, and I'm probably getting my numbers wrong, and I'm, I'm going to catch flack for this, but I want to say it's about 2,300, 2,400 Fahrenheit is where forge welding wow. takes place. Like the metal glows. So then you, you stack them, you compress them, and you twist them. So you literally make kind of your own metal for those knives. Like you take other metal, but then you you create your own pattern and everything else for the for that knife. I didn't realize that. Like I literally thought that you got the chunk like that. Like however it was made, it was like that. I didn't know that you made that pattern. Yeah. No, as a matter of fact, I, I know that uh, if you're listening, you won't be able to see it, but this is how how I get my steel. I get it in four foot bars and I'll order the various alloys that I want and then measure out. Uh, I typically start with four inch pieces and I normally order stock that's two inches wide. Okay. Uh, two inches is a nice starting point, I think, where I can, I can forge it down to a narrower width if I need to. Mm -hmm. Or I'll have enough material when I'm making a Damascus pattern that I could forge it wider if I need to. Uh, okay. But I'll generally start with four inch long pieces. So I'll, you know, out of the four foot bar, I'll cut it into 12 pieces, four inches a piece, and then I'll just stack them into alternating layers. So the first part of the process is, is cutting it all up. And then you just have two piles of steel, clean it all up. Uh, the cleaner that this, the cleaner this surface is, the better it is for the welding. So I'll grind it clean on the grinder. You'll see me doing that a lot. Right. Uh, it's a nice, fresh, clean surface. And then you literally just take one piece from one pile, one piece from the other pile, and start stacking them on top of each other. Uh, you know, how many you do and how you stack it all depends on what you're going for, for a pattern. Okay. But uh, once you have your stack, you clamp it all together. And I like to weld it with a MIG welder. Uh, MIG means metal inert gas. It's, it's the wire feed welder with the little gun that mm -hmm. you see people use. So I'll, I'll, I'll run a bead of weld down the corners to keep everything together while it's in the forge. That steel gets cut off later because uh, it. it's, it's not something that's going to be good in the knife. Uh, once it's all welded with the MIG welder, then at that point you could throw it into the forge and just let it sit until it gets hot. Uh, once it hits that forge welding temperature, mm -hmm. with enough pressure applied, the layers will start to stick together and actually weld together at the surface level. So you'll, you'll turn it into one homogenous piece of steel. That is that is crazy. Like I'm I'm learning so much. Like I've watched your streams because it intrigues me, but I I don't know how this works. Like put it this way, like I'm I'm a psych guy, right? Like I went to college for psychology. I the only class that I failed in college was biology, and then I decided to take um uh the what is it where you study the rocks, right? So I'm over there studying the earth, and then I failed that class, and so I went back to biology. So this is out of my wheelhouse. And I think that's why it intrigues me so much watching you do it because I'm, I'm like, I'm elementary, you know, like I'm, I'm first grade over here watching you do this crazy stuff that, so you, you essentially meld them together when you're cooking them. So you take, you know, different layered slats, put them together and they melt together in the, is it a, um, a kiln is it or is that forge. just pottery is a forge okay so it's called a forge and you shove them in there and then you let them sit how long does it usually take for them to get that molten lava hot uh it depends on on how big the billet is uh okay. but uh i i would say for me 20 minutes or so you know, oh, between, okay. 
between 15 to 20 minutes, maybe less, maybe more, depending on how hot I have the forge going. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. Now, now all I can think of is like, what got you into lighting metal on fire? Like what, what, what made you go, I want to make this thing molten lava and then sharp and pretty. Like, how did you get into it? It's, it's like black magic, right? It's, um, it, it's a long story. So I have, I've grown up with ADHD okay. my whole life. Um, I, I have attention issues, but the things that interest me, I hyperfixate on. Okay, so gotcha. I've, I've gone through my entire life having hobbies and I hyperfixate on them for a while. So I've got a very large skill set that I've acquired over mm-hmm. my, you know, my, my time on this earth, uh, including fabrication. So what I, one of the hobbies that I got into before blacksmithing was off-roading, building Jeeps. And oh, okay. I, so I, I had already taught myself how to repair vehicles out of necessity. Uh, you know, I, I did not want to pay dealer prices for repairs for, you know, a, a $12 part shouldn't cost $500 to repair. Thanks. I'll figure out how to do it myself. Yeah, yes, yes, star. You want to come take a vacation and see the snow and come and fix my damn Jeep? I, I, I possibly could. I could. If it's a Jeep, though, just, just know that after it's fixed, it'll break down two weeks later. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. about to drive this thing into the river. <laughs> yeah. like, it's, there, Look, there's I've... a reason Jeep means just empty every pocket. Oh, my gosh, yes. This is the first one we've ever owned, and we, we've had it for two years, and we've had trouble with it for just shy of two years. So it's... Yeah, you don't buy them for reliability. Yeah, that. no. But no. uh, okay, that, so you you would you would put back together parts that you broke or or that got broke if you're going out and having fun with a jeep. Yep. Um, and those those I I knew people that used to like do the crawler stuff. So it's not just oh I raised it up and put neat rims. Like there's a whole process to getting it to be able to go off road or mudding or anything else, which is easily breakable if you really push it. Yeah, and, and so not only did I rebuild the Jeep from the ground up, uh, but I had to learn how to weld and fabricate as part of that process. So I've, and when I say rebuild from the ground up, I rebuilt the motor, I rebuilt the transmission, I rebuilt oh, wow. the transfer case. I put different axles in it, and I modified the axles. So it's got a Ford axle in the rear, it's got a different axle up front, and I learned how to make parts and how to weld for that. Uh, when I was going through that process, uh, a friend of mine, that had uh, a couple of years prior just gotten back from the military. He okay. uh, medic- medically retired from the military, and he went to school for welding and, and traditional blacksmithing. He was excited that I wanted to learn how to weld, so he sold me one of his welders mm-hmm. and then taught me how to weld, taught me the basics. And we spent a lot of time, uh, you know, because he would want to hang out on the weekends or when I was working on the Jeep and say, hey, let's weld stuff on the Jeep. Okay, great. I like hanging out, you know, talking with a friend right. while I'm working. Yeah. It's great. And uh, it was in August. I, I don't remember what day in August, but it was in August in Phoenix, Arizona, when it's, you know, 115, 120 outside. Jeez. And we're working on the Jeep, and he says, hey, you should come try my forge. And I said, you're out of your mind. Like, it's 120 outside. It's already <laughs> hot from welding, and you want me to go swing a hammer in front of a fire. And, you know, the the typical friend banter among guys happens and i'm like all right mm-hmm. fine i'll try it 
Got you, got you. That's all it took was one time. I got hooked. I, I swung the hammer. I'm like, man, this is really, really cool. I really like this. So when I got home, I spent the next month, four weeks straight, just watching YouTube videos, reading, learning everything I could, and, and okay. diving down the rabbit hole of finding what's good information versus what's bad information and learning about how to build a forge, techniques with forging. And, and from there, I started looking at suppliers. Where do I get materials to build a forge? How do I want to construct the forge? And I built it. I built one. It was terrible. The first <laughs> one I did was terrible because I, you know, I tried to cut corners on, on cost of materials and whatnot. Understand. Um, it did work. My very first burner designs worked, but the forge just didn't retain enough heat to be worthwhile. Uh, okay. So I built a second one, uh, and I used better materials. But it still wasn't what I wanted. So then I built the third one, which is the one that's behind me here. Okay. And that was great, too. But it, it ended up being so great that I melted the burners that I had built for it. Because so I had a different style of burner in that forge back then. Okay. So at that point, I'd already started hammering stuff and making things. But, you know, nothing serious. I hadn't started a business yet. And I, mm -hmm. I thought, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of good feedback about this type of burner, which is it's called a ribbon burner. Um, so, and, and we can talk about details if it's relevant later, but I built a ribbon okay. burner and converted that forge to a ribbon burner. And that's what's lasted me for three years now. Okay. Um, and I have another one built for after, after the move when we set up a new workshop so I can put together a brand new forge. Um, nice. it, it, as far as specializing in knives, I just like knives. I like blades. I like swords. I thought it was cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you've only been doing this then for about three years? A little bit long. Yeah, about three years, I would say. Maybe three and a half years. Um, That's but, impressive because I've seen some of the stuff that you made. And so that's why when I was asking, like, what got you into this, I was figuring that you're like, oh, yeah, so, you know, 18 years ago I did this. Like, the fact that you've only been doing this for less than five years, right, let's just round it up is really impressive like i've seen some of your work and it's oh, thank it's, you it's, dude it's it's the type of thing that you would see if you were going to go like hey i'm going to um you know buy this custom set of knives that's going to cost 3500 bucks because this is this dude's the fucking man and so i'm going to buy these four knives for this i don't know how much they cost i'm purely just going by like that's what i see them being worth and i've seen your knives and i'm like I could easily see that one going for fifteen hundred bucks. Just that knife. It's beautiful. It's well done. And if I'm undervaluing you, I do apologize. I don't know the price of knives. I'm just looking at it going, this is, you know, like I would see that price and go fair. Um, because they're really, really, really nice. Like it's not just it's not just shape, size, what it looks like. I've because I've seen you because in those of you that don't know, um, Lone is a Twitch streamer. So he, actually, you watch the build happen live. You get to see the process live, which totally stokes me out because I I never knew the process, you know, fully. You know, I'm like, okay, they take metal knife, yay. You know, so getting to see that in between of how you shape it, how you build it, how you sand it, how you all of that 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 need a press thing that you were building the the pieces for um and, and again i don't know the technical terms so you, you might be over here just be like dude you idiot you're ruining it for me but <laughs> you know all those all the pieces that go into that to shape the metal um it's 
it's it's nuts. Like what you do to me is nuts. Yeah, right? I think you're I think you're talking about the press dies. Yes, I made a, I made a set of squaring dies. For yes, the press. that's what they yeah. were. Yeah, and I and I should clarify too. Uh, so I started the business Lone Mountain Knife Company two and a half to three years ago. Okay. Uh, and then, so three and a half to maybe four years total of blacksmithing, but mm -hmm. there was there there's times throughout that four year time span where I wasn't actually forging due to health issues. Uh, okay. You know, so there would, you know, I I would start when I when I very first started this journey. I forged for a couple of months and then had to set it down for six months because of some health issues. But I spent that entire time reading and learning and researching and watching videos online and, and just trying to learn everything I possibly could about the craft. Mm -hmm. And then I would pick it up again for another few months and then have to set it down again because of health issues. Uh, and again, during that downtime, learning as much as I could. And then right when I started the business, I thought, you know what, forget health issues. I'm just going to push through it and just do it. And I've been going stop ever since. Nice. Nice. And honestly, like, you know, taking that, that downtime, it would essentially be, all right, I went to college for four years before I started doing this, you know, except you're sort of learning on the interning for yourself. I, you know, it's right. like you're learning, you're working on it, you're learning, you're working on it, you're learning, you're working on it. That's all the normal valid you know, like the way things progress as they go along. Um, so when you started doing it, was the Lone Mountain Knife Company, was that a, I'm doing this, I need to do something out of necessity? Or was it like, hey, this would be fun to make these and sell them? Like, what was your push for the company? It it started as fun as a hobby. And I thought it was really cool. And I thought, you know, I, I want to continue with this. I really, really like it. And mm -hmm. very early on, I had people... And I always thought as kind of a, a far, you know, like a pipe dream where you think, you know, it'd be nice to one day move to the Caribbean kind of, you know, dream, yes. pie in the sky kind of dream. It was, you know, one day it would be nice to run a knife, you know, nice to have a knife business where I just make knives full time. That was right. just a far off thought, daydream kind of thing. And very early on with my first few knives, I started having people say, hey, those are really good. How much would you charge me to make one? And, you know, at first I, I pushed back against that. I did not want to do it as a business. I, I said, I just do it for fun. I just do it for me. I don't want to start making knives to sell. I don't feel that I'm at a good enough level yet to do that. It's, you know, I, I had yeah, that, I understand that. that voice in the back of the head that I think all artists, all creators have. Where <laughs> yep. You have that imposter syndrome, you know. And yep. after I had enough people, and, and especially... I should say a lot of feedback initially came from family. So that was the other thing is that we're talking family and friends that are saying this is awesome. So in my mind, I'm thinking how genuine is that versus how they're, you know, maybe they're just trying to be supportive. Yeah. Uh, you, you guys know, would say that to, if I made it out of Play-Doh, you know, like right. <laughs> you guys would right. say anything's nice. Right. Like, is this really objective feedback? And then when right. I started right. getting that objective feedback off of uh, social media, like Reddit and Facebook, that's when okay. I thought, okay, maybe there's something to this. What are you saying, Star? I forgot. Uh, oh, I'm but, sorry. I was, no, but I was going to say, if you got... It happens a lot. <laughs> if you got positive uh, feedback off Reddit, you know you're doing pretty good. 
because Reddit's right. Reddit's the couple steps up from 4chan. They'll be happy to troll you if you're doing shitty. Like they they have no problem telling you. So that's that's actually pretty cool. Um, oh, you know that you I put remember. it out there. Yes. So the people who are just trying to fluff your feathers and not actually giving you an honest opinion on what they think about your products are not the people who are actually supporting you. Like, those are not yep. the people you should be surrounding yourself with anyway. You need to be surrounding yourself with the people who are actually going to support you and be like, look, this knife looks really pretty, but it dulls really fast. There's some shit you need to fix. Right. Yeah, oh, it's man. like, here's yeah. what's great. Here's what you can improve. Or, you know, here's an area where you did really well. Here's an area where you maybe change some things, tweak your process. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's that actually is really for any business, anybody, especially creatives. So if you're a painter and an artist, a, a craftsman, you know, you make things, whatever it is you do, having somebody to tell you, hey, it's good, 87%, 13% of it, you could fix this. To me, I love that. I love that feedback. I absolutely love that feedback. I did a pair of, uh, sort of random, but I did a pair of custom shoes for somebody, did the whole thing, painted them, sealed them, yada, yada, yada. Um, got a picture after they, you know, had them, they loved them. There was one tiny little spot. They're like, I love everything, except right here, you need to pay better attention to, you know, take care of the leather. I'm like, thank you so much for telling me that, because now on all the next ones that I do, I'm like, treat the leather here especially, because this leather right here, you know, it's gonna it's gonna crease, it's gonna whatever, you know, do all the stuff that it needs to do. So yeah, having having people outside of family telling you that you're doing good or you know what you can improve on is is beneficial. Yeah, so now I, so now you're getting that. Yeah, hundred percent. And I and I think what's important there too as a a crafter, an artist, a creative person, it, I wanna say that you have to have thick skin, but mm-hmm. I don't want people to take that as as meaning that you have to accept people trolling your work or just constantly having negative feedback. But you do have to be able to take negative feedback and separate your emotion from the work, from that feedback, and look at it objectively. Uh, And I I am the same way as you in that I love that. I want feedback. I don't want 100% positive feedback. If there's something that you don't like, yeah, tell as me. a business owner, I want to know because, you know, not only do I warranty my products, but if you're, uh, you know, the worst thing for me is if you're not happy and you don't tell me and then somebody else down the road sees it and says, hey, that's really cool. I like that. And then you you have to tell the person, well, it's really not that great. I'm not happy with it. Right. If If that means that you're not happy and I'm just not the maker for you or if I messed up and you don't want me to redo it and I just refund your money, mm-hmm. then that's fine. I I firmly believe in doing what's right for whoever my customer is. Absolutely. And, and that's good you know, Part of that is, yeah, it, and because too many people don't do that these days. And, right. you know, how many times do you hear from people or have you yourself had been just burned by a company? <laughs> and yeah. so, and that's, that's the way I look at it with all of my knives is I don't want to, I, I can't, you've probably seen me do it on stream or heard me talk about where I say, you know what, there's something wrong with this or there's an issue. I could get away with hiding it or fixing it and selling it, but I'm not going to, I don't like the idea of, I don't like that knowledge of me knowing that it went out of my door like this. I'm throwing it in the pile. 
starting over. Uh, I've actually, I have actually heard you say that with the one piece. And I remember the reason why I remember you saying that is because again, I've never made a knife. I've never done what you've done. So I'm looking at it going, fuck, I'd still give them a hundred, you know, like a hundred bucks for that tiny little thing, you know, or I'd give them a thousand bucks for the full completed piece. Like, I don't give a shit. This thing's beautiful, but you knowing your craft, you being aware of any little nick or any bubble or anything that's going on with it, be able to go, yeah, this isn't going to hold up. Um, and, and that to me is great business because someone like me would look at it and go, but it's perfect and spend the money on it later on the road, you know, down the road to have it break or chip or, you know, whatever may have happened from it and then be disappointed where, you know, so you're preempting that whole thing going, uh, 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 this one goes over here. We're going to start over and give you a quality product, which I mean, that's business wise genius. It's integrity is what it, what it comes down to. It's it's having integrity and And standing behind what you do. Ethics and morals. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's Which doing the right thing. Like, like if if you were to you know paint shoes, you wouldn't go buy just the you know the cheapest inferior dye or the cheapest inferior <laughs> yeah, paint. No, no. Uh, and oh, then it's God, not to no. say you know you don't need the most expensive stuff, but you find what work produces the best quality. And that's what I was going to say. Like, I I don't know if I have the most expensive, but I know that I researched the crap out of the best quality that I could get my hands on. And because just like you, I don't want it to come back. I want to do it. I want to do it right. And not just for me, but for the sake of the person that spent their life earning hard-earned money, right? However they earn their money, but they had to sacrifice part of their life for that money. They're giving it to me. So if they're going to spend part of their life to give me money, to give them a product, I want to show them I value the time that you, you used in your life here's a product that I believe, you know, equally represents the time that you put into the money you gave me, if that makes sense. Like I always say when, when people pay me for something, I know that they had to sacrifice part of their life to get it. So it's like, they're giving me a piece of them. And that's huge to me because I love people. I absolutely love people. So I'm going to therefore give you a product that matches that, you know, it's gotta be in my opinion, just about as perfect. Yeah. Keep your people. I don't want to be people. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, you're, you're spot on. It's because unless you are independently wealthy and you Mm. either inherited money or won money from a lottery or something, there's a good chance that you had to invest a lot of time to earn the money to then pay for a service. So it's, it is, it's, it's like people giving you their time. Yeah. Um, and so I want to give them accordingly, you know, like, and, and I see, I see you doing that. I see that, that integrity that now, if you're going to give me this money, I'm going to give you the best damn product I can create. And and I respect that. Like, I, yeah. that's well, why I he, love watching you work, man. Like in my mind, I'm like, okay, hit it a couple of times, shape it. And you're like, yeah, 37 different times on this one spot. And I'm like, damn, okay, Captain Perfection. But, but it's you putting the quality into your work that that's what you're known for. Right. Well, and, and so here's the way that I, I see that, too, is that, uh, and, and I'll, I'll say that not every piece that I send out is, is 100% perfect. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I try, but I notice, I personally, as the maker, notice any tiny little mini imperfection. And, and when I say that they're not all perfect, uh, you know, there might be a cosmetic thing here or there, or I can, you know, I can see the knife and I, I say, oh, there's a, 
you know, a little bit of a, a, a grind line or something that, that does not in affect performance, nobody else would notice it mm -hmm. but me mm -hmm. or another, you know, experienced maker. But I see it. Right. It sticks in my brain and, and it just <laughs> yeah. gnaws. Right. So, yeah, you know, I, see I, know, that stuff, I know that. Yes. <laughs> and I know that it's not perfect, but we're not talking like, a, you know, like, like you're, you, you said, Mr. Perfectionist and where, yes, I will keep adjusting to make sure it's straight, uh, you know, because I've seen blades where it's ground crooked or I've seen knives that are are not shaped very well. And if you have major flaws like that. Mm -hmm. that you haven't taken it, it, it to me it's it shows a lack of caring about the work and if you don't care about that part of the work what else do you not care about right and you know so and that's again why i go back to the integrity because if there's if there's something that has you know if, if a customer gets a piece and says you know what i don't there's there is a cosmic imperfect cosmetic imperfection that you missed or or i just don't like the way that this looks in person Great. I'd, I'd rather take care of you and make you happy. And part of that is a, is a bit selfish in the sense that, you know, if, if you think back to your interaction with businesses, and this is true for, for most humans, mm -hmm. if, you, if you have a bad experience, you're very likely to share that bad experience with a lot yes. of people. You're much yes, less likely to share a good experience that you've sure. had. So if it's a bad experience, but I can turn that around and make it right and either redo the piece or, uh, you know, just give you a refund and say, you know, I'm sorry we couldn't make it work out. Here's some people I could refer you to mm -hmm. uh, if you'd be more happy working with them. And I've, for the record, never had that happen on any, any of my pieces. But mm -hmm. I would rather take that action than deal with possible bad feedback or, or people, you know, spreading right. bad information about me or my craft or my business. And that's absolutely true. Like it, word of mouth, especially, especially for small businesses, word of mouth. And by small, I mean, we're not Microsoft. We're not Amazon. You know, like we're, we're Joe Schmo over here doing our thing, you know, like giving, giving custom things and those sort of things. It, it's word of mouth is huge. Um, I, I years ago um, had a, a moving company. Right. And so I had a crew of about, you know, 10 people and the town that I lived in wasn't very big, but it was a college town. And I started doing the, okay, I got to advertise like crazy. Nobody knows who I am. Like I'd been doing moving, um, you know, I'd moved there. So I'd been doing moving, you know, three hours away where I lived, um, at, you know, before for, for a while. So I knew what I was doing, but nobody knew me in the new town. So I started advertising like crazy the first summer. And then by the second summer, I had stopped advertising like three months before the summer and was booked out almost all summer long because of that word of mouth. And that was the thing with the the people that worked for me, um, that instead of the 10 to $12 an hour, they got 18 to $20 an hour because I required from them above and beyond. So I figured I should probably pay them above and beyond, you know, the, the going rate. Um, but we all put the effort that I would have put in. So like how you are with the knives, you know, like you put the effort. So I made sure everybody put the effort in that word of mouth spreads around like crazy. When I first started getting the phone calls of, Hey, you know, Patty told me you guys were great. And so we wanted to try you out. Hey, Jim told me you guys were fantastic, you know, and started getting those. That's when it really like, I grasped the, the power of word of mouth. And if you mess up, 
you're going to have usually more often the word of mouth will go out than the positive. Uh, more people, for lack of better words, have fun talking shit than they do, you know, telling how great somebody else is. So if you broke someone's banister because you dropped their couch, oh, they're going to tell it at every Thanksgiving. They're going to tell it at the Christmas. They're going to tell it when they get together with friends. These movers broke the banister in my new house. I couldn't believe it. It's going to bounce around. So yeah, having having those quality knives, those quality pieces, yeah, you you probably you know if you if you left a, a instead of a, a straight blade, a curved blade when it wasn't supposed to be, and chunks taken out of it, people are going to talk about it. They're definitely going to be talking about it. So oh yeah, I, I get that. You know, hey, we got to have this, not just because I'm a perfectionist, but because I want to give you that good product. Hundred so, percent. Do you, yeah, I've. Be- Sorry, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. No, 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 please go ahead. Uh, I was just commenting on the uh, word of mouth and your experience. It's, it's really gratifying. I've had oh, yeah. quite a few people come in and say, hey, I'm interested in having a knife made. My friend that bought this knife told me about it, and I love the work, and that is one of the best feelings in the world. It really when, is. Especially when they're like, oh, you know, I, I got to see my friend has this knife, and it was so good. I love it. You know, what can you do? You know, here's what I want to get. And it's, it's just, it, it makes you feel good because you know you're doing something right. Yeah. Your, your knives are so beautiful and so well made that I actually told Potch I want them for Christmas. Yeah, she's been, she's been bugging me for them. And here, here's the thing, and this <laughs> is the thing, and this is what I tell everybody that's a maker and crafter and artist or everything else. In, in this, I hope people that are listening, you hear this. Just because you know somebody, you're buddies with somebody, you're friends with them, whatever, never ask for a discount, especially mm-hmm. if you're friends, you always pay absolute full price. And I'm not just yeah. saying that as an artist to say, hey, buy full price, but I'm saying that because this is a small business. And if you appreciate what this person creates and what they do, show them that. By going, hey, your knives are a hundred bucks. Will you do it for seventy five? Says I value what you do seventy five percent. I don't value a hundred percent of what you do, just seventy five percent. So I just encourage anybody and everybody listening. One, go check out Lone Mountain, and if you would, any links that you have for people to be able to find these, I want to put in the description so people can take a look. Hopefully, everybody buys a billion of them. Um, but. I certainly hope that nobody that hears this asks for a discount. Now, knowing people that hear this, you may get it as a joke just for them to be a little shit. <laughs> hey, Pot said you give discount. I did not. <laughs> so if anybody says that to you, know they're they're probably joking, hopefully. Because I'll I, let I, you in on a secret. Yeah, please. Anybody that asks for a discount gets charged 25% more. That's what I'm talking about. And I know Nobody some people listening, I, I hope not, you know, and anybody listening, if you think that's mean, it's really not. That's, look, when somebody's making you a quality product, you show them that you appreciate that quality product. Like going, can I have, you know, can I have a, a family discount of 50% off says, I don't think that your business is real, maybe 50% real. You know, I like charge, that's. I charge my mother full price. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 and that's the only reason why I haven't reached out to you yet is that I'm like, well, I, I don't think I can afford them. And and not that, you know, all oh, this what was me. I'm just making sure that when I do approach you and go, okay, we're gonna get some knives done, that you, when you say, okay, they're ten thousand dollars, and I'm like, cool, here you go. You know what I mean? Like that's and, and again, I don't know your prices, I'm just throwing numbers out there, but I'm just saying, 
Well, and so so Potch, here's here's a question for you because you you said it yourself. You don't know the prices, right? So how do you know that you can't afford them? Because I don't have more than ten bucks to give you. See, once I know I have like a couple hundred bucks, then I can go. Okay, I'm guesstimating. Once I know that I have at least maybe close to or around ballpark, then I definitely will ask. If if you're telling me right now that you sell center nice for ten bucks, we're in business. I don't think you. you know what I, mean? I think it would cost more in in materials and shipping alone. Maybe maybe a little more than ten dollars. You're, <laughs> you're you're right. But um, so so what I would say though is, is shoot me a message because the the yes. sooner the sooner that um, that I can have those conversations with somebody that's that's mm-hmm. interested in something, the easier it is to plan or find a direction uh you know because the way the way that i work right now Mm -hmm. it's almost entirely commissions so it's all custom and it's made to order and so i it's a collaborative process with with the customer where we have a discussion about what they want what they're looking for and if they don't know what they want or what they're looking for it's you know it's a conversation about what do you want a knife to do or how are you going to use a knife uh, so that we can determine what kind of knife we're doing and what kind of material, uh, what aesthetics somebody might like or dislike, because all of those things affect the price. Absolutely right. Understand and, that. And that way we can steer the conversation into getting an accurate quote to say, you know, okay, based on what you're looking for, this is the price range for those kinds of features. Alternatively, it might be, you know, because I, I do have customers that are very budget-focused, Mm-hmm. Some sometimes we might start there. It's a question of, you know, okay, what budget are you trying to work with? And right. I I don't normally lead with that because I don't like to I don't like people to feel and and they might not, but I feel that it comes across as me saying, "What's your budget?" So now I know how much I can charge you, and charge you more than I would right. normally charge. Right. And which is not the case. That's um, the the used car salesman te- tactic right there. Like, how much right. you looking to spend? Ten thousand. Let me get you this nineteen seventy eight Ford Pinto. You know, like, wait a minute. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you know, when you you know, it's the conversations don't typically start with what's your budget, mm-hmm. unless a customer leads with that. If they if they lead with, hey, I have a budget, then okay, let's talk about budget. But if we're talking about knives and and the conversation is, you know, hey. I do really want a knife, but that's out of my price range. Then we can have the, Makes okay, sense. what's the budget conversation? But that, that's why I asked, how do you know that you can't afford it? Because until we have that conversation, we don't really know what we're working with. True, true. And I think for me, the the reason why I, you know, I'm saying that is because I literally probably have, no, actually I have $20 hidden. I know that it's not enough. And, and I think what I'm probably going to do actually now knowing – I like the way you do the business. I like the way that you do this. This to me is, is it's, it's upstanding. It's noble. I like it. Um, is that I'll just have stars since she knows what she wants, or at least has an idea, even though I may be getting it for a present, I'll just have her get a hold of you and figure out. And then she can tell me, you know, because I, I, I don't know, you know, she'll be like, Oh, this, 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 and this, and I may know one or two of the things, but she'll be able to go over all of them. And you saying that actually, it it's really. Um, I'm I'm really glad you did. I'm glad you brought it don't up. Don't know way. me well enough by now to buy me a knife. 
No, no, I know I could talks. I know I could get you a knife that you think is pretty and you would enjoy, but I bet you large amounts of money that if you start talking to him, he'll offer you things I don't even know exist. So I wouldn't know to get you those things. <laughs> you, I didn't even know he made that 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 pattern. Like I didn't <laughs> know you did that. So like that would be something that I would have no idea. You know what I mean? Look, I like to err on the side of caution. I want to get you exactly what you want, not exactly what I think you want. There's two <laughs> different things there, all right? I've been on this planet long enough to be smart about this. <laughs> so, smart man. Smart man. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'll just have you reach out and, and have that conversation. Let me know. And then, you know, at that point, then I can surprise you when I'll be able to get it. You see you see how that works there? You know, then we'll, we'll all talk with Lone and we'll figure that one out. But that's a really good, it's in my my opinion is business. That's a really good way to approach that is to go, okay, here, what are you looking for? Instead of, okay, what's your budget? Um, you know, I've been approached too many times by people that start off with what's your budget. And then it does, it gives you that uneasy feeling like, oh, okay, you know, I can do this much. Are you now going to give me half the work that you would have? Um, you know, or if it's a low budget, now you don't really want to put the effort in, even though you do have products that are that, you know, low. So I like starting off with the, what are you looking for over how much do you, do you charge? Um, cause it makes me think about what I do and you know, how I, how I do things. And it is, I don't always start with, with cost and price, but I'm, I'm aware that not everybody's rich. And what we do is custom, you know, everything, what you do is custom, what I do is custom. And so it's not Walmart prices, you know, we, we have higher prices. So we, we have to be aware, you know, and I think about that. Um, I just did a, a promotion that, that ended at the end of October, which was pay what you can. Um, so literally people that, that, you know, someone came to me and said, I got 26 cents. And so I, I did actually three pieces for him. <laughs> you know, it was just like, Hey, that normally would cost you, you know, four or 500 bucks, but I, the, the joy of art, the joy of that, you know, I might not be able to do this every time, all the time, but to be able to, and, and mine obviously is a bit different than yours, but to be able to, you know, figure that out and help people out in that way, um, to be able to have that happiness. Cause I'm, I'm sure, you know, I don't know if you actually see if you hand deliver or if you just mail. Um, you know, the, the knives or whatever you make for people, but like, I'm sure you get a, an email or something of somebody being appreciative of what you've created for them. I'm, I'm just assuming that you, you at least get a thank you or a. Yeah. Oh yeah. So the, because I started my business on social media, basically, okay. uh, you know, I, I, I should take a step back and say that I have been doing web design since I was 18. Oh, okay. I transitioned to doing IT uh, work probably about 10 years ago. So I, I wasn't always doing a career as IT, but I built websites since the age of 18. I know how to build websites. When I okay. started the business, I neglected to build a website for a long time <laughs> because I do it all day, every day. And I didn't really feel that I had a need for it at the time because, you know, I was getting it's a it was a part-time business and i was getting enough results through social media all okay. of my orders all of my commissions came through instagram reddit facebook those kind makes of sense. places makes sense so you know because of those platforms being where my business came from there was always that contact with the customer 
And even before streaming, the big thing about what I do is that it's not just taking an order and that's it. I'm posting pictures of the of the whole process as we're going. So as a customer, they're seeing, you know, a chunk of steel. Then they're seeing a rough shape of a knife. Then they're seeing, you know, a refined shape of a knife. They're seeing it being ground. They're seeing the handle getting constructed. They're seeing it as it gets built. That's so that cool. that communication, that feedback is always there. Uh, I have had one or two people that have been local to me that found me online or were referred by somebody online that happened to live in town that came to pick up their item. Okay. Uh, but a majority of what I do is shipped. Uh, and I, so I, I ship everything, but I also watch the tracking. I watch the packages because I want to make sure that, because this is an expensive item. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money that somebody paid. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, the, it'll last a lifetime or more, but I don't want anything to happen to it. And if mm-hmm. something did happen to it, I need to be able to refund a person or, you know, get my money back from the shipper, uh, right. you know, file an insurance claim, all that good stuff. So I watch very carefully. And because of the rapport that's already built with customers, 99% of the time, I don't think there's actually been a single customer yet that I haven't had that communication with to say, oh, it's delivered today. It's waiting for you. I'm so excited. And then they get it and they say, I've got it. This is even more amazing in person. Or, yep, I got the package. I love it. Excellent. Thank you. Or some kind of feedback. Mm-hmm. That they've got it. Um, so I, I think as business picks up, I don't see that going away at any point. Right. I think especially with custom items such as what you make, people are very invested in it. And it's often... The people that sort of take for granted and don't care aren't going to buy custom. They're right. going to go to uh, JCPenney's and get their knife set. You know, they're they're going to go to Bass Pro Shop to get a knife for their fish, whatever. You know, they're, they're, they're going to go where they can mass get it. I think most of the people that are going to give you that, oh, my dear goodness, I just got this and I cried on my knife. You know what I mean? They're, those are going to be the people that are... That, that sounded weird. I take that back. Um, but they're, they're going to be very happy to get them. They're going to be the ones that are reaching out. Um, but I, I like that you you have that rapport because a lot of what you do is social media. And, yeah. and that putting it on there so that people can see and be excited, you know, like, this is mine. This is the process that's going through. Like, it would be very exciting uh, to see, you know, here's a piece of steel. He's starting it. You know, oh, oh, it's it's shiny, and he's hitting it with the hammer. Yay. You know, like, I could see being very excited watching that process, either live on Twitch or just through the socials, of of that person's product being created right there in front of them. Um, it, it gives a uh, a connection, you know, like, yeah. that they, they, it's part of them, you know, like, hey, that's mine, that's me, you know, that's... Yeah, it's, it's a way for it... it to almost feel like they were here with me through the process. Yeah. And then it's also, you know, one of the things that I like is it gives people a window into the process because, you know, you're not to say that the knives are, are cheap or expensive, but they, like you said, that they're definitely more expensive than what you're going to buy at Walmart or, right. you know, department stores. Because they're, you know, it's a diff- different process, different quality. Mm-hmm. It's, all, it's all handmade. Mm-hmm. But when people see 
the amount of work that goes into it, and it's no different than your art. When they can see the process and see how you work and what you do and appreciate the process, um, you know, the, any, any concerns that they've had go out the window, especially when, uh, you know, a lot of times when you're dealing with custom work, people might be a little apprehensive about what custom work costs, but you have to think you're having something tailor-made to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just a one-size-fits-all. It's regardless of what the product is, my knives, your art, uh, you know, leather work of any kind, and, mm -hmm. you know, having clothes, bespoke fit. It's all custom work, and when you see what goes into it, the amount of time, the materials, like you said, people that order that understand that, or, or they get a window into it. Maybe it's their first time, and they can start to appreciate small True. makers and crafters and artisans and see, wow, you know, I, I understand why we're not dealing with department store pricing. Right. That's right. not Absolutely. my motivation for doing it, but that is a, a, you know, a benefit that comes along with it. it. It allows people a window into just how much work goes into your craft or your art. Because each of these things, no, I mean, you, you're even mentioning uh, like leatherworking. So I'm thinking of MoCo, like putting together a, a, um, a hookah sleeve, right? Like, I'd never paid attention to that before. I mean, I'm not big with hookah, but I never paid attention to like a sleeve. Now having to watch them, I'm like, wow, it took him a hot minute to paint the whole thing and then hand stitch it. And yeah, that is a very beautiful custom piece of, of art, essentially. Yeah, I want one of those too. And it's a <laughs> lot of work too. And that's it is. The, you know, and, and the question, so, you know, I, I, from, I get both sides as a consumer, mm -hmm. you it, well, to an extent, as me personally as a consumer, I want to be fair to the artists. You know, there's right. there's artists that I have commissioned, and I say, you know, hey, here's what I'm thinking about having done. How what is this run? And they give me a price, and I say, are you are you crazy? That's like I feel like I'm stealing this. I need to pay you more money. Mm -hmm. Your time is worth more than that. But at the same time, as a consumer. But there are times where I've seen products where I'm like, why is this so expensive? I don't, I don't understand. It should be cheaper. Mm -hmm. And then also on the flip side of that coin as a maker, I can say, well, you know, I would love to be able to do this cheaper, but what is my time worth? Yes. Yeah. And that's what I, I think that I, cause I've talked to a lot of people that, that make, you know, and they're like, I don't know how to gauge how much to, to charge. You know, I look around at these other people and that that is the thing I've noticed that gets downplayed the most, right? They'll look at the cost of materials. So let's just say $50 in materials. And then they'll look at shipping. It's $25 in shipping. So they're like, all right, 75 bucks, I'll charge them 100 And I'm like, wait a minute. You're only taking 75 for how many years did you practice to er, you know learn this skill? Um, how long is it going to take you from you know point A to point B? Plus you know the materials that you just all the things that go into it. But I, I think that a lot of at least that I've talked to, and that I've been around, um, some of the makers or painters or you know whatever do not value the time the way that I think that they should. And I think that's honestly for me where the higher part of the price actually comes in. If you think about it, somebody that goes into the workforce right out of high school compared to somebody that goes out after getting a bachelor's or a master's is going to get paid differently because they put a different amount of time and energy into learning whatever they're going into. So you're going to get a, a usually on average a higher pay going in with the master's than you would with 
your high school diploma uh, because of of that learned process. So if you have somebody that, oh yeah, I've been you know drawing this for eight years, okay, charge accordingly. You know, you didn't yeah. start last week. You have spent eight years of your life honing this craft. Charge accordingly. And so that that is to me, I mean, just business, like hey, we've run into the whole business part of things, but those are the things that I think that people in valuing what they do, you know, in valuing yourself, your time, like show self-worth. There's one thing to be pompous and go, well, I'm the greatest, so I need a million dollars. But then there's also the, okay, I've been doing this for five years and what you're getting is five years of experience. Right. And it took me 16 hours total to make. You know, some people I know have a formula where they're like, okay, so I'm normally $50 an hour. It took me 16 and then they multiply and they create, you know, that that's how they get their invoice. Um, but I, I really like that you take into consideration the time that, you know, cause it sounds like that's what you do. The time that it takes to make this, you're going to add into the cost of what you're making. Um, for for the way that I price it sort of, it's, it's not quite that cut and dry for mm-hmm. me uh you know that it, it's just more you know when i when i say what is your time worth as a maker that's really more just something as a as a creative person if you're selling your art and your craft i just think that's something that you need to consider mm-hmm. like you said when you're factoring your prices don't devalue your time yeah. um the 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 opposite side to that uh, uh that coin though is that a lot of times it's really difficult for certain crafts to charge by the hour. Like with what right. I do, I don't feel good about charging an hourly rate. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I have done to to gauge my prices is I've taken inspiration from repair shops, automotive facilities, where they have a shop rate, right? And insurance companies will have this as well, where they have books and schedules published that say, you know, this type of repair should uh-huh. take X amount of hours. So this is your billable hours for that type of repair. Okay. So so I can use that as a as a guideline in my pricing, that same type of model where I could say that, you know, okay, a you know, the let's say a four hundred layer raindrop Damascus that's gonna be a ten inch chef knife might take me X amount of hours on average. Some okay. might some might go sooner. Some might take a lot longer, especially if I have to remake it. I'm not factoring those into my timing calculation because that's not fair to a right. customer or fair to me, right? So, so that gives me just a kind of a nice middle ground to do something that's fair and reasonable that I could then base my pricing off of. Because to your point, if you're charging by the hour, but you've spent five years, 10 years, a lifetime mm-hmm. mastering your skill, so something that you would Let's just say, for example, that an average time would be 40 hours to complete a knife. Okay. Like a, a fancy knife, let's say it's 40 hours all in. But through practicing, I get to a point where I can knock out a 40-hour knife in 20 hours. Okay. Is it fair to me to charge the same rate for 20 hours? I don't think it would be. So then the question gotcha. becomes... Do I increase the rate at that point? So it, it, there's those complexities with hourly pricing that for my particular business model, just I don't feel work. Okay. Because and, and that makes the way sense. I look at it is if, you've, if, you, if it takes 40 hours to make your product, but you as a maker do it in 20, 
well, the other 20 hours is how many years of education and experience and practice. <laughs> right. You know, so that that's why I like the inspiration behind that fixed rate kind of, you know, this type of job takes this many hours as a guideline. I agree. If it takes you more or less, yeah. it doesn't matter. The price is the same. I had a gentleman that um, commissioned two knives for me, very, very big knives, and you can see them on the stream, the big 20-inch uh, machetes that cycle through the image slideshow. I'm sure on I've the seen stream. them in, yeah. One of those blades, I, I spent a few months getting it right because the, the first time it cracked in the quenching, so I had to reforge it, and then it Ooh. cracked the second time. Uh, and then the third time we got it right, where it heat treated correctly, we didn't have issues with it. It was it was perfect, um, but it it was a long process, and there was some downtime waiting for material. But the the point is, is it's not fair to that guy for me to charge an hourly rate, right? Right. When when it was an issue where the steel cracked during quenching, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I I just quenched it a little too aggressively, and that's not his fault, right? I'm taking That's, the loss on material, you know, because I have to. I have to use three times as much material now. Well, so, that's that's as a business. That's that's part the of what of we got to prepare business. for. Yeah, yeah, we got to prepare for. Fuck, I I messed up, and I have to use these materials over and over and over, and it is what it is. I mean, that yeah. that is a part of it. What I am going to do, uh, starting in the new year, to make things easier for folks is uh, I'm going to publish uh, at after we get through the holidays, I'm going to publish a, a, a kind of a rough guideline on my website of prices where, it, and, and these prices aren't really any different than what I do right now. It's mm -hmm. just putting it in an organized way on paper where I could say, you know, patterns, uh, be, because again, the amount of material and the complexity of the patterns changes, you know, how much a knife costs if we're doing Damascus. So I have like a tiered system that I'm going to put online. And I, I set the, uh, and so it's basically going to be priced per inch of blade length. So like an eight-inch okay. chef knife, right? You would just multiply the rate times eight, or a 10-inch okay. knife rate times 10. And so I, I spent a lot of time over the past few weeks figuring out the past knives that I've done and what I figured the materials and time and all that stuff cost. You know, what does that equate to in terms of a rate per inch of knife? So I've got a pricing tier, essentially, that'll give folks a rough guideline of nice. how much things will cost. Uh, you know, that way, there's pe folks feel like there's a little more consistency because I'm not inconsistent with my prices, but it's not like everybody sees what somebody else paid for their customer right. commission. Right. You know, so I figure it'll make it a little bit easier. That means, yes, I'll take a hit on, so, you know, some items might, you know, cost me more to make that that's not recouped from the price the customer's paying but i'm fine with mm -hmm. that I'd, I'd rather make it easier for people and more transparent see that that makes sense that makes sense especially if you're looking at like weighing it out um in, just speaking of weighing out like i said you know like i did that special with pay what you can and it was one of those things that um i knew that there would be some people that couldn't but I also knew there would be some people that could and what I mean by could is instead of spending 150, they're like, here's 200. Cause I know some people aren't going to be able to like, it, it will work out. The, the community of people I have found that look at individual crafters you know, artists, whatever that are looking for custom work, oftentimes they're very supportive 
uh, you know, very right. supportive. So in, you know, like you were saying, where you see something, you're like, I feel like I should pay you more for this. There's a ton of people that look at that and go, yeah, 200 is not right. Here's four, you know, and, and they don't have a problem doing that. Um, and so like you with your, you know, prices, it, it, it does, it usually will even out, you know, if one's right. okay, this is a little bit low, but this one, okay, cool. And then it, it makes it so you're not, um, you're not getting poked in the eye, but everybody's still getting good product and, and good business going out. Right. So Which how is, did, oh, I'm, go I'm ahead. curious that, because when you mentioned it, I, I meant to ask you about this and I got sidetracked. Mm -hmm. How did you like that? Pay what you can. For me, it was absolutely amazing, and and I'll explain why. It it's nice for someone to come up to you and go, "Hey, you make cool stuff. Here's three hundred bucks. That's great, right? That it feels wonderful. It's nice. You can also buy groceries and pay your bills. It's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> you know, like not that I love giving my money away for bills, but I like knowing that I have a roof over my head next month. It's it's great. But at the same time, to me, this became less about the money. Like people worry about the money. Custom custom stuff costs, and everybody knows that. Well, just about everybody knows that. Um, so I knew it was a money issue for a lot of people. Uh, but for me, it became less about the money and more about I, I'm I'm actually waiting in the mail right now for a custom piece of artwork for somebody. I'm I'm a huge Batman and Joker fan. Somebody drew this beautiful, amazing, um, uh, you know, face of the Joker. And I remember seeing it and I'm like, how much I want that, you know, just tell me I need this. And, and I actually paid a little bit more than I normally would have for it. But I was just like, one, I want to support this person. Um, two, I want that, right? <laughs> like they're drawing. I want that. Um, and it was really exciting because they even emailed me like, you're, you're my first official sale you know, of all their artwork. And I'm like, you know, I felt like, you know, the king at that moment. I was like, yes. So I know the feeling of getting a custom piece of artwork, right? It is, I don't know if everybody feels this way, but I do. It is exhilarating to know that I have something in my hands that almost nobody else has. No matter, it, it might not be a gold sphinx from, you know, 6,000 years ago, right? That that painting that, that Star just showed, that was a custom piece that somebody gave. It's really neat to open up that package and go, oh, my God, this is mine. You know, it's going up on my wall or it's going up on my shelf or whatever. So I know that feeling. I also know because the community that I have, um, I, I push for people to be open if, if they're willing to, you know, if they want to. So I know there's some people in tight spots. I know that money doesn't throw flow freely through every single house in the world. Um, so I'm also aware that there's a number of people that have supported me in my community for years that have never gotten art, but have talked about money. And so I, I put two and two together. Um, the idea, and I will say, I did not come up with this idea. Um, there's a hip hop artist in Northern California, like the Bay Area. He's been running a successful business when he couldn't get on a record label that he started his own. Um, but his CDs, he prints CDs, they're pay what you can. Uh, his shows that he does, he sold out an 800-person show in, in like a couple hours or 500-person show, something like that. It was all pay what you can. Um, his merchandise, he has a, a shipping you know, thing, so he doesn't go broke from shipping. But literally, people can hop on there and go, I got two bucks, and they buy a shirt from him. So he's been running this, this motto for a while. Um, what really kicked me in the butt with it 
is that he's partnered with somebody in the town that he lives in that owns a restaurant. And from here to the end of the year, he's footing the bill if it doesn't, you know, it, you know, so the business doesn't go under, but everybody can come and go to this restaurant and get a meal and pay what you can. And he did that specifically because there's people that are on hard time. There's people that are homeless that can't afford a nice, you know, cooked meal at this restaurant. And he wants them to, to be able to get that the same as someone that has a million dollars in the bank. Right. And I saw that and was like, that is amazing. That is amazing stuff that people art is a luxury. Custom things are a luxury. It's just how it is, right? If you have people that have a ton of custom shit, they probably got a ton of money usually. Um, and so I was just like, I want, I want anybody to be able to have that joy and that satisfaction of getting a custom just for them made piece. Cause what I'm a graffiti artist. So it's not like I'm making a print and they're getting one that 25 other people have. I'm literally making them their own thing. Right. And, uh, and, and somebody even got a hold of me and was just like, okay, is this just for prints that you've already made? And I'm like, well, technically if you want to, sure. But I would much rather make you something individualized for you. Um, in the amount of people that I got going, I'm sorry, this is all I have. Were you serious? You know, and I'm like, take me for my word. If I say pay what you can, I mean, pay what you can, you know, and I told you that there was someone that was like, I have 26 cents. I'll always remember that because when I saw that DM come in, I know the person, I know their situation because that's, you know, our community is pretty close. And, and first of all, I was like, I'm not going to take your last 26 cents. I'm not putting anybody at zero. I don't care if it's just a quarter. I'm not taking it. Um, but I will do exactly what I said I'll do. The joy that came back was all the payment. It was, it was like, it was one of those things where I'm a grown ass man with a beard and I was tearing up. Like people just excited to go, I can't believe that you're doing this for me. Like he, he even reached out and was just like, I guess, and I remember it after he said it, but it was about two years ago he had mentioned a certain letter, just one letter, not even his name, not all this stuff. And I put it on a painting and he has remembered that single letter that I put on a painting that he didn't even get. It was just on one of my paintings. And he's like, that meant everything to me that you put a letter that I wanted on a painting. And I was just like, fuck, I wish I'd been doing this a long time ago. I didn't realize the impact, you know, that, that making something for people did. So for me, it was, were there people that paid extra? Yes. Were there people that couldn't pay at all? Yes. And it was a mix of both of them. It became less about that. Like I really like, and, and this isn't in a, a pompous way, but like payments would come through, you know, alerts on my phone to PayPal or whatever. And I'm like, what's this for? Okay, cool. You know, they might be small. It wasn't that I'm like, oh, I'm so rich. I don't need it. It was that I was so focused on the DMs of people and what they were looking for and what they wanted and reassuring people. You don't have to, cause I would get the, I feel bad. I feel bad. I feel bad. I get, you don't have to feel bad. I'm, I'm literally doing this because I want you not to feel bad. You know what I mean? I want you not to worry about how much, you know, and someone's like, okay, I have 20. You're really going to do it. Like, yeah, I said I would. And then yeah, I would I, ask him, like, is that 20 your last 20? Is that all that you have in your bank account? Yeah, then don't worry about the 20 and I'll still do it. And, and it wasn't, I need to be something special because it, it wasn't about me at all. It was letting people know, hey, you're, you are valued. You mean something. You know, like you are important. You are not what your bank account dictates. 
you are a wonderful person. And if I have the opportunity and we, we'd set it up that we weren't going to go broke doing it, you know, that was one thing we had to make sure of, you know, that, that we weren't going to, you know, be, you know, going homeless for it. We'd set it up that we were able to do it, both Star and I, um, so that we could do this in, in a way that, that didn't hurt us as much financially, like time-wise I'm swamped. Like in, in, eight days, 15 people came through, 16 people came through. And so I'm swamped because usually it takes me a week to do one. And I started promising everybody it'll be done in two weeks. And I'm like, I have 15 of these to do. And and I'm proud of myself. Um, Star and I have been working on them. We got what, four or five of them done already with three half pieces. Well, we have three that were sent out. Um, but then I had already taken care of uh, one at the beginning. And then almost finished one today on stream, which is cool because people are popping in going, that's the one for me, you know, on stream, like they'll come through and take a look at it. So for me, it's, it's, and I know I'm rambling, but it's, it's exciting. It's exciting for me to see other people get excited about something that I'm, I'm able to create and give to them um, that they might not have been able to afford. Uh, You know, we do custom work, both you and I, again, it's not cheap. It's a luxury. I know my prices aren't cheap. Um, you know, I'm not insane prices, but I know they're not cheap. And I know somebody that has $50 in the bank account can't afford what I do normally. So this right here, opening it up to, there's only one or two people on that list. Sorry, I'm, I'm actually looking to have it up. I, we have a whiteboard that we write it all out on. Um, there's only one or two people that have gotten something from me before. So this is you know, 11 people that have wanted stuff and never been able to. And so it, it was like, it it was amazing for me on like an emotional level, on a personal level. Um, One that this many people reached out, but knowing that they're going to get that, they're going to get a custom piece and be able to go, holy fuck. (laughs) You know, like, I got a custom piece, you know, it's, it's, yeah. I absolutely love that. It's, it's, I, it's I, everything about that. I absolutely love it. I, I'll, I'll be honest, selfish wise, it feels great to be able to do. And that's, yeah. that's just like, a, that's the, if we want to talk real, like selfishly, it feels amazing to be able to do that for another human being. Like that's, in my life has been my goal is to be able to do something for somebody to bring them joy because the world has too much garbage. So knowing that I can do something that, that gives somebody that smile, that, that happy, like that's my selfish joy out of it. You know what I mean? Like that's my like, Oh, that's, this is what I wanted. You know, this is, this is what I wanted to do. Yep. There's uh, there's quite a few things like that. Being generous and it gives me a lot of joy as well. I do have to uh, hit the restroom real quick. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Okay, be back in just a minute. Hi, Star. Fancy meeting you here. Hmm. I have. You, you have a large cat in your lap. I do. <laughs> he's a big boy. Yeah, he's so big. I had to lean back in my chair. 
Am I talking too much? Uh little. Okay. A little bit. <laughs> Where are we at in time anyway? We started at four? Yeah. Four fifteen? Something like that? Something like that. Okay. Dude, listening to him describe the process of all of this is freaking awesome. If you have questions, please ask. Please ask. Do you know what I really want? I really oh, want to find Snickers. a blacksmith. Ooh, Snickers would be great. Now, I want to find a blacksmith that can make me a hammer. You should ask him if that's something that he does. Ooh. I mean, why not? What's funny is Gracie just sent me that, too. Oh, okay. That's where I got it from. Squig sent it to me last night, and I was like, crap, i got to make sure to send it over to you. Perfect. I don't know what to say. Well, ask if he makes hammers. I mean, what kind of hammer? What are you looking for? I need a band hammer. So like a Thor type hammer that you're just like, wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. do you want like a full size or like a replica small one that you can hang on, like hang on the wall so it just like sort of hangs down like Thor's hammer? No, I want a full size fucking hammer, dude. <laughs> Like, two-handed, long-staved, gigantic hammer. Let's go. Yeah. I'll probably have to make that shit out of foam. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, you're you'll totally be able good. to pick it up. <laughs> you're totally good. She was, <laughs> she's I mean, like, I'm, I'm loving listening to the process of how he makes things. And then she starts talking about, you know, I wonder if, if he'll make, and I'm like, ask him. <laughs> that's right so it squeaky wheel doesn't get greased so uh star you had a question about uh something that you didn't know if uh loan made what what was that question a hammer <laughs> i could i don't typically but i could uh I need, and i do I have black a hammer friends. a band hammer Ooh, we yep. got fancy for that <laughs> Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> For actual hammers, though, I do I do have some blacksmith friends where their business is making like smithing hammers and whatnot as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, hammers uh we can make all kinds of fancy hammers. Mm -hmm. Very cool, yeah. Or, she... or a mod sword. Ooh. Oh, or you could have them on the wall. You would have the uh you know, the hammer and the sword right above. <laughs> I love that. No, that's because because Star is the mod extraordinaire, absolute extraordinaire, and um, we were at the the fair, the fair this past summer, mm -hmm. and we seen all these kids walking around with these blow up hammers. And, you know, I was joking. I'm like, I'm gonna get you one of those. You know, a band hammer, but I think a Smith hammer, like an actual hammer, would be so much more uh, powerful. Just don't use it on your computer, please. Just a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, depending on how big the thing is, it's probably going to be 
pretty hefty. So you would be surprised. You'd be surprised. Like uh, the hammers that I use in the shop are two and a half pounds. That's the weight of the hammer head, two and a half pounds. Wait, they seem pretty big, though. This is the ones yeah. that I'm thinking. Yeah, they're not. I'll, uh, here, I'll show you. We... These two are both. It, those are legit. Yeah, they're about two and a half pounds, the, the hammerhead. About two, two and a half, something like that. Um, I could do some damage with one of those. You know, <laughs> a those... lot of. What? What's oh, that? go ahead. Go, go ahead, please. Tell, tell me more. I was just going to say a lot of people, when they get into blacksmithing, think they need a huge hammer. Mm-hmm. And you, you really don't. Uh, you know, you can, you can move metal pretty effectively. And I think the, the two to three pound range is a, is a pretty good, pretty effective uh, range where it's not too much. Because, you know, people think they need a really heavy hammer and they end up injuring their shoulder, their elbow. So, like, you, you don't need a hammer that big. That was a question that I, I've been thinking about that I wanted to ask you, just speaking of hammering. You said your buddy showed you, like, gave, gave you the hammer and you were, you were able to hit it and you were hooked. Is there a certain feel that that you can maybe describe or recognize when you hit that piece of hot metal? Is does it feel a certain way that really like is something that you enjoy? Or I've always been curious about that. It's it's hard to put words to. It's something raw and primal. Okay. It's um that makes sense though. It it's so yes, it's it feels good. It's it's stress relieving, right? It's it's one of those things where everything else in the world melts away and it's just you and this piece of steel and you know, these thoughts don't happen while you're doing it, at least not for me. But if I'm thinking about how to describe it, it's the only thing that I can ascribe to it, because it's really just zoning out and just me and the steel and that's it. But it's if you think about it, it's just raw and primal and and you're you're shaping this refined metal to whatever you want it to be and into an end product. And I guess it would be something similar to like if you've ever played contact sports or combat sports. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've ever participated in combat sports where uh, you know there's there's just something really gratifying about you know scoring a goal scoring a point making a catch you know making the perfect pass or or you know landing the perfect punch like there's just something that you can't really put words to but it's you you just feel it in the core and you're like yes it feels good like it feels right yes the world is good when it happens yeah and and that's why i keep going back to i think just raw and primal and gratifying are the only ways to really describe it. That makes sense. Like that actually makes a lot of sense, especially because you're taking a, a material from the earth, you're heating it with something from the earth fire, and then you're molding it by smacking the shit out of it. Like I, I, I love that. That's a, I can totally see that it would be very primal. Yeah. And the motto for every blacksmith ever is heat, beat, repeat. <laughs> nice. Nice. So what made you, um, or was there a defining moment or did it just sort of happen that you decided, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to stream this? 
There, there actually was. Uh, so initially, it was it was a bit of a. So there's two parts to this. There was a bit of a selfish endeavor where I thought, you know, hey, maybe this is another avenue to increase sales and, and grow my business. Absolutely. Um, but live streaming wasn't the thought. I always thought that I would be terrible at it. And not that I'm great, but I, I thought I would hate it and that I wouldn't be good at it and that nobody would want to watch it. I, you know, I, I, I thought I was convinced that I had a face for radio and a voice for silent TV. Silent film. And you're wrong. I was just going to say, just curious. It's an important question. How does it feel to know how wrong you were? Good. (laughs) (laughs) Because I, I, I'm, I absolutely love streaming, and I love the community and the interaction. Nice. So the the progression of what took place, right? So when I when I started blacksmithing and getting involved, when I really started. Because we talked a little bit about how I decided to turn it into a business, and it was driven mm-hmm. by feedback from social media, right? So through that social media, through Reddit, that led me to some blacksmithing groups on Discord, okay. uh, where you know people from the Reddit would you know continue conversations on Discord and you know share tips and tricks, and and it's a really good resource for learning. So I was very active in some of these Discord communities, and that led to making friends. Uh, some of those friends happened to stream. So, you know, as, as a okay. Twitch streamer, it's almost obligatory to have a Discord server. So I got into some of those Discord yeah. servers as well, right? And so I, I had a handful of friends that did various crafting. Most of them were blacksmiths, and there was one or two leather workers, and a few of those people streamed on Twitch. And so I've known these people for a couple of years, you know, a few years, and they would periodically say, you should try streaming on Twitch. You know, you make good stuff. And I'm just, you know, I, I told them, I said, that's not really my thing. I don't think I would like it. I wouldn't want to do live streaming. Um, along with that was TikTok. I did not want anything to do with TikTok whatsoever. Um, gotcha. You know, and not for any political reasons. I just didn't like the platform. Okay. I, I wasn't interested in the new trend. I was a bit of a boomer about it. And my older daughter, uh, she's 19 now. Okay. So this was a little over a year ago. She'd been bugging me for a long time. You need to do TikTok. You need to do TikTok. And I finally thought, all right, maybe I'll try out TikTok and add that to the social media because that will, you know, that might be an avenue to gain a bigger audience and maybe get some more sales and grow the business. So I started on TikTok. Within my first couple of TikTok posts, they went viral. Well, it's small viral. Right, right. But we're talking like thirty to fifty thousand likes on the first few posts. Uh, okay, you know, got a lot of followers pretty quick. So I, I want to say that I don't know if they changed it, but when I was on TikTok, the you had to have a thousand followers before yes. you could be eligible to live stream. Yes. So I hit that in a week, and I was like, "Wow, this is pretty cool. I'm getting some followers." And I didn't know anything about TikTok then. So you know, within the first week, I got the ability to do live. So I started trying it. And I actually liked it. I enjoyed being live. Um, I didn't really like TikToks live so much, but mm-hmm. I did like the I did like the aspect of going live and chatting and interacting with people. Uh, I later learned that TikTok is not very friendly to people that do Minecraft as a platform. The users oh. of TikTok love it, but okay. TikTok's terms of service they consider showing a knife. You know, if I were to say, "Hey, look, this is what I made. This chef knife," they would say. Oh, this no is way. 
dangerous act. Oh, yeah. come on. So I think there's a difference between waving a knife or a gun and going, look at I'm making these custom. There's a huge difference. Right. And a lot a lot of fellow bladesmiths get banned from that platform or shadow banned, uh, you know, where they mm-hmm. don't show up in algorithms anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so they had, I don't know if it's changed much these days, but, and I never got banned from TikTok personally, but after uh, spending a few weeks on there and, and learning about all these things, I thought, you know what, I don't want to risk it and build up a big following and then get banned because they, you know, they have an issue with knives. And to be fair, TikTok's not the only place that's like that. I've had issues with other companies because they see knives or hear knife or see my name being knife company, they immediately mm-hmm. say, you can't use our service because you sell weapons. It's like, <laughs> so they're not the only one that does it. I mean, I guess but, technically to that chicken and that steak, you are wielding a pretty deadly weapon. Just say But <laughs> So here's, here's, here's the thing, though. Anything is a weapon. Yeah. Like, you know, it's yes. a, knife, a knife is a tool, and that's it. It's, it's how you wield that tool. Um, and that's what I, you know, tell some of those companies I've had issues with that said, you know, it's, it, it's a tool. Are we going to ban all tools? You know, I, hammers, because hammers are used in assaults. Like, let's, let's be realistic here. Right. I but, totally agree. So, so that, that potential of having a negative experience with TikTok is why I thought, you know what, I'm going to try Twitch because I liked the live streaming. It wasn't quite the type of interaction that I wanted on TikTok because people are in and out. They're just swiping through. And there's not a whole lot of chatting, but the chatting that did happen, I enjoyed. And I liked going live and sharing the process and sharing the craft. So I thought maybe I'll try Twitch out. So I did. And I started, I think my first stream was at like the very, very end of December, like the 29th or the 30th, or it might have been the first week of January was my, my first stream. Okay. So you're, you're still under a year in. Yep. Okay, so speaking from someone who's been on Twitch for a few years, um, that's impressive. Uh, what what you what you've built in that amount of time, that's impressive. Um, Thank you. Just because you know, I lo- I love being in your streams, and oftentimes you know I'll lurk, but I'll pop in and say hi and and watch the process. I enjoy the process. I actually, as a streamer, I like the way that you do it. Uh, you're very attentive to to chat. You know, people hop in, you talk to people and everything else, but you're also raw with what you're doing. And I think for your field, for, for what you're doing, it's the, the, I don't know if I want to say like the ambiance, the atmosphere, like what you, the way you have it set up and the way you have your camera set up and those sort of things. I assume that you've been doing it longer. Um, just like, you know, like with your knives, I assume you've been doing it 20 years because they're beautiful, beautiful knives. So you you seem to have a knack for doing things well. Um, that's just what I'm seeing. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> but but again, um, for, for Twitch, especially I found in the artists, the makers, the, those sort of things, people love the interaction. And I'm I'm a stickler for it. You know, if I'm going to be in your stream and I'm going to talk, I would like for you to notice I'm there. You know, it's just, I don't always talk, but when I do, hey, please notice that I'm here. And I've seen that you're very, very good at that. Thank um, you. you know, obviously, if you have a piece of molten lava in your hand that you're hitting with a hammer, you're probably not going to be, you know, all up in the your screen looking at chat. But you still have that rapport of talking and going over what you're doing. I, I knew nothing about blacksmithing, next to nothing about blacksmithing before coming to your channel. 
Um, I'm learning so much more and, and everything else, not just from this conversation, but because you do, you talk through what you're doing. You know, even if you're on the other side of the garage, you have your headset on, you're still talking, you know, about what you're doing and you're, you're, for lack of better words, natural at it. You seem very comfortable and natural at what you're doing. Um, so I, I commend you big time on, you know, just the, the growth on that platform. Cause I know it's not easy. I know Twitch is not an easy platform to grow on. Um, and so that that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And, and you know, so part of it is, uh, part of it is wanting to share my craft. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's why I do this, right? I want to share what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so, so when I came to Twitch, by the time I, I, this all happened in a very short amount of time okay. where, you know, I started TikTok because I thought it might be an avenue to get more sales and get more exposure. Mm -hmm. In the few weeks that I was there, so between the time I started that and the time I decided, you know, I like live streaming, I'm going to go to Twitch. By the time I hit, let's go to Twitch, I didn't care about the sales at all. It was, I like this live interaction. I'm mm -hmm. going to get sales either way. I've mm -hmm. got, you know, I, I've got the social media presence. I can make things that get posted. I got commissions. That's fine. I just like the interaction and I want to share my craft. So, you know, that's, that's the mindset that I had coming into Twitch is I just want to share what I do. That's and that's awesome. it. But despite how it might come across in our conversations or in the stream, I feel like I'm really bad at small talk. Like if there's if there's not a conversation already happening, I, I'm the type of person that doesn't say a lot unless I have something to say, and I'm perfectly right. content to sit there and you know I'm I'm happy to sit in a room and like if we were hanging out, you and I, Potch and Star, and we were just you know hanging out. And I'm like, I, I'm perfectly content to just sit here and enjoy somebody's company without saying a word. We would all get along so well. I am I. That's, I love that silence. Perfectly fine with me. <laughs> yes. Uh, not awkward at all. So I find when I'm streaming, especially, you know, at this stage where I've made so many different friends and so many people that, that come in from various communities that, you know, like yourself, that enjoy watching a lot of times because we have lives and because we're busy and also trying to support so many other people, we don't always get to chat. So they're lurking. Right. And I and I don't want there to be nothing but dead air. So I find that I just start talking about what I'm doing to try to fill that space because I'm just terrible at making small talk. I don't know what else to say. It's like, so how about that weather where you're at? Right. You know, like, yay Which sports. happens, though. Which happens, though, it's because, you know, you, you don't hide that you're in Arizona. So it's like during the summer, I remember popping in and being like, how the hell are you in that garage when I know it's 110 plus out? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, dying is what I'm doing. I'm dying. <laughs> I mean, it, but I hear you, you know, and it's funny because, you know, I talk for a living, right? You know, I stream, right? I do these. Like, when me and Star hang out, we will sit silently for for an hour two hours like i'd love just like that like if we were to sit in a room doing stuff and we didn't talk from 1 p.m to 4 p.m i would have taken that as an awesome hangout time that would have been just not that you need to be quiet but i don't have a problem with quiet like some people have that like oh awkward silence me i'm like no that's called a beautiful silence you enjoy that you absorb it if we want to talk cool 
you know, that's great. That's fine. So I, I understand what you're saying about, especially when you're streaming, because it's you and a computer, right? It's you and your craft. You don't really have the faces of the bodies and they're talking. They're on a screen. So, I mean, yeah, you see chat. You can have 10 people. You can have 1,000 people. But you're technically in your own space by yourself. Getting used to speaking just to speak can... can <laughs> can be slightly taxing. I mean, I've been doing this for years and there's still times where I'll just stop talking and just draw. And then, you know, star being mod extraordinaire has to be like, he's in focus mode right now. There's alert that we have set up just for that. You know, that says focus and then it plays a loud noise to remind me you're not really alone. You need to talk to people, but I understand that. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, so when chat is really active and, and one of the things I do, my secret, not really a secret, but I, oh, I, I get asked this question all of the time. People ask, you know, do you have big screens in your garage or, or how do you keep up with chat? My phone. There you go. I, I have the Twitch app on my phone and you can go into the creator dashboard right on the phone so I can do all the moderation and the phone goes with me to the different workstations. There you, at, go. you know, if I'm at the grinder, it's sitting there, and because of where the camera is positioned, you can't see it. That wasn't intentional. It's just the way it worked out. Uh, you know, Kevin or Phoenix. so you know, if I'm sitting at the anvil working on something or measuring things, I just have it sitting on the stand right next to me. You know, the phone just sits right there, so I can see chat. And if chat's active and people are chatting and and we're having a good time, well, that's easy to keep up with the conversation because we're all talking and you know right. shooting the shit together. It's when everybody's lurking. You know, I might have, you know, 30 people in the stream, but everybody's kind of lurking, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is not a negative thing at all. Absolutely. I absolutely. absolutely no, love, love my lurks. Love. Um, because they're people that are giving me their time, but some people just don't want to chat or engage. I uh-huh. can't tell you how many awesome friends, you know, getting sidetracked here, but... Oh, they'll wait. be lurking in the stream. They will not say a word until the very end of the stream, and they'll say, hey, thanks for the stream. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I love that. But it, it's, you know, some people just don't like to be social like that, or they're, they're not feeling it that day. Uh, I mean, so I, it's, I, I will say, and sorry to cut you off, but I will say there are a ton of times that I've had your stream on. Like, I, I live and breathe in this office. Literally, well, it's because the cats would attack and we have kittens. My clothes hang up in the, the closet of my office. Like, I get dressed in my office. You know what I mean? Like, I live and breathe in here, so I do a lot of work in my office. I can't tell you how many times I've had your stream up, and, you know, I'm like, ooh, loan's on. Cool. I'm going to pull them up. I'm listening to you, talking, you know, about the stuff that you're doing to the people you're doing, and I don't pop into you like, okay, we're going to raid. I'm like, oh, oh, crap, I didn't say hi. You know, and I'll go type real quick, just like, hey, I've been here for hours, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> sorry, because I, I, my intention when I pull, when I pull you up especially is to say hi, but I can't tell you how many times I click, you know, I'll click a couple of streams open, I'll pull yours up, and then just start working. And the intention was to go, hey, you know, I'm right here, I'm lurking. But as soon as I got everything pulled up, I'm like, okay, I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to make sure this my is done. Favorite, I gotta... My favorite is when he pulls up like your stream and he'll write out this really long message <laughs> and then he'll forget to hit enter and it's just sitting there. So many times. I it's do that so all the time. <laughs> and I, 
I get it, you know, because I, there's so many people, so many amazing people that I want to support. Right. You know, in, in whatever way I can, whether it's, uh, you know, cause I, I'm generous to a fault and I try to support everybody as much as I can, but there's, mm-hmm. there's so many amazing people and, and only so much time in the day. Mm-hmm. And if you could only see my desktop, there is 20 tabs open at all times with lurks and, and, so like you, I don't always get to chat in everybody's streams. You know, it was a lot easier when I just started and there was like five people I was friends with. I could watch everybody and say hi to everybody. Seriously, yes. And when you're you waiting know, for them to come on and as soon as their stream's live, you're like, ah, I'm already here. How you doing? Exactly. I and miss those days. So it's, <laughs> I, it, I honestly, I was talking about this in Moco Made stream today. I, you know, sometimes I feel bad because I want to give that attention that I can during the day to to everybody, uh, right. you know, where I can, or, or that support, or at least let people know that I'm supporting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because there's a lot of times where I'm lurking every day, like, just same same here, I'm, every time you're live, every time I see Potch has gone live, I'm like, boop, pull up the I, stream. Yeah. See, I know, I know who's there every stream. I'm yeah, the I one who, look. who looks at the list, I'm the one who looks at the numbers, and I look at all of that. He has everything shut off, so yeah. he doesn't even know who lurks in his channel. He has no idea who's there on a regular basis, but I see you. I yeah, see I you. I don't look. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, it's difficult unless I'm looking exactly, you know, when somebody's there, minus, plus or minus whatever the delay is for, tw- you know, five minutes or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. unless I just happen to catch it at a time, I don't see who's there unless they're chatting in chat. But uh, Right, right, right. You know, it's, I do that because I don't, I don't, you know, I know what it's like when you're busy or you're trying to support 15 people and work. And then all of a sudden you hear someone go, Hey, Potch, I know you're there. How's it going? And then you're like, Oh, I gotta say hi, you know, but you're, you're very busy and I don't want to do that to people. You know, I know other people have stuff they're doing and they might not, they, they might be looking on me because they literally don't have the time to stop what they're doing and say something. I, I, I think people, if you, you can go back and look at VODs, I will say thank you to the people that do, you know, bit subs, donation. You know, you start down the list. I get at the end of the list too. And thank you if you walked by your computer and thought of me. I don't care if you even lurked. If you even thought of me, thank you. You know, because that's, dude, nobody has to. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's really freaking cool that someone would go to their computer or their phone, pull up my stream, and go, hey, I'm here for you. Whether they say it to me or not, the fact that they did that, like, you thought of me. That's awesome. That's freaking awesome to me. Um, and so, like, I get that, you know, with the and, and I'm, there's, there's, I say it so many times, I'll try and work on saying hi more, but again, when you got 15 you know, sometimes I'll be like, hi, lurking, hi, lurking, hi, lurking. It still takes you five to seven minutes to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other the other part of that, too, is because I I get very easily distracted. And, and <laughs> I, I hear it from stuff all the time because it's, you know, it's like, what are you doing? I thought you were just leaving a lurk. Why aren't you, <laughs> you know, coming to hang out with me? You know, it's like, you know, because I... You know, again, I can't just ignore real life, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, so it, to to your point, sometimes I intentionally don't say hi because mm-hmm. 
then a conversation will start. Or I feel really bad if I just pull up a stream and a majority of the interactions that one of the friends has with me is me saying, hey, good to see you. I'm going to lurk. And that's the only yeah. thing that I say, you know, because then well, I, I, I forget when I did that. Like if I were to do that, I would forget when and who and where. And I'm so paranoid that the same person would only see me dropping lurks every time I went in. It's like, yeah. you know, and they might not think this, but I start to overanalyze and I think, are they going to think that I'm only here yeah. to try to support myself and like, because I can't give them attention or I want to. So it's like a lot of times I try not to, because I, I don't like to ghost in the middle of a conversation. Dude, we share the same brain on that. Like, I know exactly what you mean. Like, <laughs> if I say hi. I do that shit all the time. <laughs> yeah, if I say hi, I know I'm here for at least the next 10 minutes. And if I don't have that 10 minutes, I'm not saying anything. Because right. the high will trigger that 10-minute conversation. Because if they say, oh, hey, hey, good to see you. What'd you do this weekend? And you're like, fuck nothing, I'm lurking. You know, like, then you feel like a jerk because you did that the last 10 times. Right. You know? <laughs> I totally know what you're talking about. And it's, you know, maybe maybe some people do think that. Um, but then we also have to remember that people are understanding you know what I mean? Like if if you pop in and you don't say anything, I'm not be like, oh, loans sure he didn't. You know. No, dude, you, you have family, you have a business, you have a life. You got you know like even if you wanted to take a nap, it doesn't matter. You're doing what you're doing. Again, it's just uh, appreciating the fact that somebody took the time to even pull me up on the tab. You know, right. that's pretty freaking cool. And it's it's a weird dichotomy in my brain where. You know, on the one hand, if somebody were doing that in my channel, like if the only time I ever saw them was, hey, good to see you, dropping alert. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you. I am. I appreciate that you were here. Yes. Thank you for the lurk. Like just the fact that, like you said, the fact that you thought about me or took the time to pull it up, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Doesn't there's bother a... me in the slightest. I don't give it a second thought. I'm, there's no, like it's it's not, it, I, I would rather people do that than just never see me at all. Yeah. You know? But then the, 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 on the opposite side of that, and I'm, I'm sure that, nope, I, if I were being objective, I'm sure very few, if any, probably nobody actually thinks that if I were to go in and say, hey, good to see you, but can't stay, just have to lurk. Mm -hmm. uh, but my brain still does it. Yeah. It's, it's still there going, yeah. yeah, but what if they don't think that? What if, you know? He's a dick. He just comes in and it's just for, he wants to be seen. And yeah, I do. Yeah, there's a there's a, a streamer, um, and, and I'll just give him a shout out in the middle of this. His name is Out of the Closet Games or Gamer, Out of the Closet Gamer. Uh, I forget how I found him. I think I was rated in like from somebody to somebody to somebody. Um, never even heard of him, but I was like, you're fun, so you know I'll follow and I'll hang out and I'll support. Maybe every twenty streams on either of ours, we'll sit and talk, but. For the most part, and it's not a follow for follow situation type thing, but we both want to support each other. So he'll pop in, and all I'll see is a message that says, Hey, hope you have a great stream. I'm here to lurk in a bunch of emotes. And I know that that person is supporting me, and I'm stoked about it. And I'll shout them out and I'll tell people to go check them out. And that's the difference. Like we feel like, Oh, they're, you know, thinking this way when and actually they're probably thinking like we are when that person comes and we're like, yes, you're awesome. Thank you for lurking. Even though that's all you've done for the past 30 streams, I don't care. You're lurking. 
this is amazing, <laughs> you know. And the funny thing is with that person, we'll both be streaming at the same time. And I'll have them pulled up on a tab already. And I'll get a, you know, a chat in my, in my, you know, in, uh, in my stream. Hey, hope you have a great stream. Knowing damn well he's streaming. <laughs> so he paused, but he was doing it. And I'm like, that's even more special. So then I'll go right back over to his, you too. You know, <laughs> like, so we're having this conversation while we're both streaming. But Twitch is, Twitch is an interesting place. It's a fun place. It's a... Uh, Especially, I feel, and this is a personal opinion, I could be wrong with, you know, I feel that in the makers and crafters and art section, there is a more understanding group of people, a, a, a more gentle and kind group of people that, um, you know, to the, the gaming side, which I'm not saying they're toxic or nothing, but I just think that it has a less of an attention span when it comes to that. Um, from my opinion, and I could be totally wrong statistically, I'm just going by what I see, um, that it's appreciated more the simple lurks over on the, the gaming, the arts, not, not the gaming, the arts and crafts and, and makers, um, where I feel that I'm, I'm forgotten about much quicker on the, the game side, which, okay, that's the, that's the way it is, and that's totally fine. I get it's a much faster-paced thing over on the gaming side of, of Twitch definitely faster paced you know they're people playing cod for eight hours probably aren't going to remember that you said you were lurking you know 30 minutes into their stream um compared to someone who's been water painting for three hours is going to remember that you're there you know so it's they're both different um but i think people on the this side of it are very very understanding and are you know aware that you have stuff to do you you got shit going on so they're just going to appreciate that you're that you're even there. The funny thing of lurking, um, so with Moco, right? <laughs> and this is this is to me was absolutely hilarious, is that I'd gotten raided into Moco months and months and months and months ago. Uh, before before partner, before all that stuff. And I was like, Yeah, these people are pretty cool. You know, this is this is pretty neat. So I gave them a follow and I said hi in the raid, right? And then every time I saw him afterwards, I'd pull up their stream and i hardly ever said hi i did the thing where i would always have like mocha was one that i'd always have their stream up but i realized i was hardly ever saying hi right so i knew them i listened to them and watched them day in and day out so i got to know Derek and dev pretty well they had no idea who i was right and i got raided by them so dev popped in and said hi while i was streaming and I have a thing where I, I try to read everything in chat, even if I'm behind, right? Like, I will just be like, hey, I'm a minute behind. I'm going to try and catch up. But I feel if you wrote it, it's important enough for you to write. It's important enough for me to read. To so, the point where he's actually stopped whole streams and gotten stuck trying to catch up on chat I will. for, like, I will. hours. Well, then my chat, because they know I'll do that, they think it's funny, and they all type as fast as they possibly can. Like, I've had that happen. Chat just keeps trying to yes. snap back to the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've had him, because they're like, he's going to read everything, and the people are just like, Pfft. and I'm like, okay, this is a game, <laughs> let's go. Um, but, like, Devin popped in, and I was like, oh, crap, Moko, what's going on? Like, because I knew who they were. I guess I had been recommended by somebody and, and I'm trying to remember the person's name and I feel like a dick for not remembering, but they had recommended me and Deb was popping in to see if I would pay attention. They didn't know who I was, right? They, they didn't know me, which to me was hilarious because for months I'd been watching them by lurking almost every day. <laughs> so I knew damn well who they were. 
and so um you know they they raided because i i paid attention which i was super grateful for and then you know while they're in there i'm like oh yeah i totally know you guys and they're like what you know and i'm like no i watch you guys all the time i should probably say hi more <laughs> yeah i remember that i was in that raid dude I that's was like, how I'm i really, value you yeah i was like i really should say hi like they weren't aware seriously for like two months maybe three months before that raid i was in their stream almost every single day i just never said hi because i was just doing the lurk thing where i'm like i don't have time but i'm going to pull you up and i'm going to support you so it was just funny that i i knew their shenanigans i knew their shit show i knew all of that stuff before they came in and that to me like I, I remember, like, sometimes, yes, you just lurk, but sometimes say hi so people, know, you know, know that you're there and, and everything else. You know, and the rest is history. You know, now we're on, on Team Moco Loco, and they hit partner, and it's fantastic. But um, I it makes me think if they hadn't rated me, if I would have still just been constantly in their stream without talking, you know, like, day after day after month after month. And that was sort of my wake-up call to at least say hi to them when I realized they had no idea who I was. And I'm like, oh, I know you have dogs and you're down in the basement. You do, you know, like I could tell you guys' life. Right. And then I felt a little like, I know it's called lurking, but I felt a little weird at that point knowing so much about them and they had no idea who I was. Right. It's like you live in the basement. <laughs> and see, I'm, I'm the opposite. If I have the sound on and if I can hear what's happening eventually somebody's gonna say something that just like gnaws <laughs> yeah. at my brain and i'm like i know i shouldn't say anything i should i should just keep trying to focus on whatever else i'm doing but yeah. i can't do that i yeah. hear something and like the urge to respond <laughs> or make a joke uh just just overwhelms me because i you know people ask or uh, you know one of my my, my joking tagline on twitch especially in moco stream and chat is that i make stabby things and i shit post that's what yes. i do yeah because i i i do like to say bad you know not offensive but just bad jokes you know like dad mm -hmm. jokes or mm -hmm. puns bad puns or uh you know light-hearted trolling that kind of stuff you know give give the friends the people that i like and that are that i know are able to joke around with to yeah. give them a hard time and just be silly right so um yeah, I, I just can't resist the urge to do that. If I'm listening to stuff going on, I, I can't, and I'm at the computer, I just can't, I, I can't help it. There's like a compulsive disorder <laughs> that I've got where I'm just like, I, I have, have to say to. something stupid. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because I, you know, like I said, I've been doing this for a while and there are little tricks and, you know, things that you can do to get more interaction um, from people that are lurking or from, and I found one of the things that I love, and it's part of my personality that I did way before streaming. And I have the saying, I, I love just saying whatever, right. Not thinking about what I'm going to say. That way I'm just as surprised at you as the shit that comes out of my mouth. Right. So I'll just say it without thinking it. My chat knows that I'll read chat usually without proofreading what they write. So I have some people that write some really really weird stuff and i'll read the whole thing and get to the end and be like oh my god you just made me say that you know because to me it's kind of funny so i don't i don't mind doing it but it's i forget the whole point of saying that but oh that's why because sometimes i'll say stuff purposely 
that's off the wall to see who's really paying attention because then I'll get like a, what the hell are you talking about from somebody that hasn't talked in, in, you know, the hour that they've been there. Look, I'm trying to get to work, but you just said this and, you know, and I'm like, okay, cool. All right, thank you for lurking. Go back to what you're doing. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's that's how you'll get me every single time. If I have the audio on, every single time. Yeah. It's like uh, if you've ever seen Lewis Black. Yes. Love him. Fantastic. The uh, the bit that he does about the, if it weren't for my horse, I wouldn't have spent that year in college. I'm gonna have to look that one up. Oh, it's so good. He's uh, he's talking about earworms, and it you know, just one of those things that just never leaves your brain and he was you know going on one of his typical lewis black rants mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he's talking about you know so he goes through this really long convoluted story uh, where he starts out with that where he heard this girl and he just goes you ever hear it's like the stupidest thing that you've ever heard but you just can't get it out of your head and she said if it weren't for my horse i wouldn't have spent that year in college then he goes on this whole like multi-minute long bit about you know, why did she have a horse? Why did she have to go to college for the horse and all this stuff? And did he ever figure it out? No, but then at the very end of the show, he closes up the show with, and if it weren't for my horse, I wouldn't have spent that year at college. And it just ties it together so perfectly. Nice. But it's, it's like that kind of stuff gets me every time. Yeah. It's like, Hotch, what did you just say? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> like, that is, wait a minute. No, stop. Hold the phone. <laughs> we need to have a discussion right now. Well, it's like today. Okay. So the the amount the amount of freaking clips that this man has <laughs> saying the stupidest damn shit is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. He used to have a whole series where it was shit Potch would say. In the Discord. Bring that back. Yeah, I'm thinking about doing that. And I think we'll do it with clips instead of just because people used to, like, remember what I said and type it into my Discord. And while I was streaming, the Discord would be going off because people would be in there like, what in the... So the two that I can think of that I, I really enjoyed, one of them we were talking about, you know, Grandma and, and Grandma got run over by a reindeer and all this other good stuff. And I just, I, I made the joke of, you know, what was grandma doing out? Like, why was grandma out in the middle of the night? Grandma getting a booty call? Like, what's going on, little freaky grandma? You know, just, and, and you know, Santa was mad and just, boop, got hit by a reindeer. And that's her own fault because grandma freaky, not a grandma. And there's this whole clip on it. So it was just like, oh, my God. And then the other one. That, that, like, not just a clip. Somebody made a meme and a picture of you riding a moose. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, oh, there, is, there is, there is, a, yeah. Someone asked her, can I get a picture of, of Potch? And the next thing we know, there's a whole meme of me on a moose. And Anyway. Um, <laughs> I still have it, by the way. <laughs> the other one was somebody made the joke about, they're talking about pasties. And, you know, somebody come in and, you know, about what you can do on Twitch and not. And they're like, well, what about starfish? And I just stopped because, see, I grew up in the ocean. Right. My my tag, you know, as a grief feed artist is H2O. I love water. That's my thing. I grew up, you know, down in, in uh, Southern California. I lived in Hawaii for 12 years. I love the ocean. But I also know starfish. Starfish aren't Gentile docile creatures. They're actually kind of burly. Right. Um, they have little beaks. So as soon as somebody was like, yeah, you put starfish on for pasties, 
I pictured the beak biting into to you know a nipple. It, it just ultimate terror went through my mind. You know, and I'm like, so I stopped. I got serious, and I was like, listen, you, I'm, I'm gonna say it, you know, and just you you cannot breastfeed a starfish. Like that's all that came out of my mind. Like, you cannot breastfeed a starfish. I also have that clip. <laughs> it's, it's stuff like that that make people go, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Hold my, on. <laughs> my absolute favorite Potch moment was when uh, you were doing the, the clip. There was one day you were just drawing and watching clips uh, like on okay. YouTube, just ridiculous videos. And there was there was one with the guy that was obviously a junkie of some kind. Okay. Just, just high. And he's... Uh, you know, kind of struggling to stay on his feet outside, really skinny guy, and just, like, completely off the cuff, you go, you know, know what's, Derek, this is. what's Derek doing out in the streets? <laughs> oh, God. And I clipped it. <laughs> I immediately clipped that, and I shared it in uh, Moko's Discord. It was so good. That's, like, hands down, without even thinking about it, you're just like, yo, who let Derek out here? <laughs> I'm so surprised I'm still on this team right now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. And as soon as I said it, I'm like, oh, fuck. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm on the Olympic team. I'm going to get fired. They're going to kick me off the team. Absolutely. Look, if they haven't kicked me out, there's no way they're <laughs> kicking you out. Yeah, that was. I remember that. I remember that. That was just. And again, that was a prime example of I like to just say things and then go, oh, my God, I said that. Like that came out of my mouth. I've I've always said for the longest time, I had a buddy when I was in my teens that was just a comedian. Like dude was just witty, right? He just funny, 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 funny. And I I knew when I was younger, I'm like, if we're in a group, I'm not outwitting this person with jokes. Right. So instead of trying to tell like that better joke to I, I stopped at that moment in my life in my, in my early teens and was just like, I'm only going to say things that I think is funny. And if I can make me laugh, then I'm good. Right. And I've really probably taken it too far in the sense that like most of what I say now is trying to make myself laugh. Like I'll be in here in my office star will be out there and I'll just be cracking up laughing. She's like, what? I'm like, I just told a stupid joke to myself. You know, like it, if I can make me laugh, then we're golden sometimes making me laugh people are just shaking their head going why what's what's wrong with you but i do that very often yeah yeah there's there's a lot of stupid things that i'll say that make me laugh but you know at the i find it i'm honestly better at it in chat than i am okay like talking because a my add brain my adhd brain is going a mile a minute on 10 different threads. Mm-hmm. Right? There's like, mm-hmm. like just different. It's like, if, if I could put all my thoughts on paper, it would like just blow people's minds. Understand. Because it's, it's so hard to focus on. It's like, it's like being in a crowd, right? Like a crowded restaurant and you're hearing different bits of conversations. And then you might hear like a bit of one, a bit of another until you try to focus on just one. It's, it's kind of like that, but that's where a lot of the random, just one-liners that I throw yep. out come from. Yep. But I, I, I tend to, I find that I censor myself like that verbally as opposed to in chat 
so that I don't uh, just say something too too outlandish, right? Like nothing. I, I have a very dark sense of humor, right? Okay. So so nothing. Um, I, I don't want to say not offensive because there's some stuff that might actually be offensive, yeah. but nothing that's malicious. Um, you know, in the sense like we're we're not talking racism or or, or things like that, but. I do like dry and witty and dark and sarcastic humor. And, you know, if I were to just verbalize without a filter, just the random thought <laughs> trades that pop through my head, because, you know, you said a keyword that got me yep. thinking and then all of a sudden, you know, in my head, it's like, ooh, squirrel. And then this line comes out. If I just like no filtered that, I would just get myself into all sorts of trouble. I, I completely hear you. So I, I'm much better when I can, you know, if, like in chat. and You can filter like, what you're saying. Yeah, it's not so much filtering. It's that, uh, you know, in chat, if, if you say something that triggers a thought in my mm -hmm. head and I'm like, you know, I, I can usually come up with some kind of one-liner and, and type mm -hmm. it out and, and say something silly or ridiculous and, and usually it'll make me laugh. It might, it'll make you laugh. Verbally, though, it's, it's that connection just isn't quite there for me. I, I, I feel like I'd, I'd say something on in the hopes of you know, hey, this is going to land, and then it doesn't land. But now it's like, ooh, uh, awkward. Uh... Yeah. And, and I don't want to make people feel better or make people upset. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's not about because it. I, I feel like the way I'm describing this makes it sound like, um, you know, because you, you have you hear people talking about getting canceled and right, right, right. you know cancel culture and all well it's like you should be accountable for this yes you have freedom of speech right but be right. accountable for what you say and all of that we, we shouldn't censor speech but you should also you know just it's like the rule for my channel don't be a piece of shit that's there you it go. don't be a there piece of shit it's it's that easy and, and so i don't feel like anything i would say would be that but i also don't want to you know if i made a joke that just didn't land with you potch and that mm -hmm. ended upset you course i would apologize but just the whole fact that it happened in the first place would make me feel terrible like just I, absolutely I, I get terrible. what you're saying yep i that, get what you're saying i don't even want to go down that road you know no and that that again that goes back to like when we were talking about business like you have that ethical moral standard for yourself you know that isn't it isn't lined up with anybody else like it's for yourself it's the same thing here you know, same thing on Twitch, same thing on telling jokes, same thing on everything else, is you, you know, it might be foreign to this world, but you give a shit about other people and how they think and how it may right. affect them. So you're like, okay, do I just piss everybody off and hurt their feelings or do I think about it for a minute, you know, and, and either apologize if I have or just not say the thing, which I, I totally get. And I hear you, like, the chat um, environment is is great for those one-liners because so much stuff will be being said and you'll just see something to go this is it and, you know you type it out as fast as you can and it's like zing right there it's a lot of fun you know it, the the chat environment on twitch twitch is i didn't even know what twitch was four years ago i mean like i watched youtube and they were like twitch streamer and i i didn't know what it was i'd signed up for it on my xbox i think without ever actually going to the site you know, you can sign up when you're playing video games. I had no idea what, like, I'd never been to twitch.tv. I, I think it was four, 
four years ago, four and a half years ago, something like that. Um, four years ago. So that was I like actually the first have. Time. I have. Uh, and, you know, something I left out, uh, not, in, not intentionally, mm. but I had been on Twitch before, uh, once before. Okay. Well, not once before. So when you, we were talking earlier about my Twitch journey and, and why uh-huh. I came here, uh, many, many years ago, this would have been back in 2000, like maybe 2013 or oh, so. so. like baby, baby Twitch. Yeah. Like sometime back around then. Um, so it was already Twitch. It wasn't Justin TV anymore. It was, it was Twitch. I, I don't recall the year, but it would have been around that time. I uh, I wasn't doing knives yet, and I was still gaming quite a bit. Not that I don't game now, but I was I was gaming a lot back then. So I for maybe a week total, I did stream a game on Twitch under a different account. I don't even remember what the account was. <laughs> okay, and um, it just never really picked up traction. But I also didn't put any effort or energy into it, like. You know, I just fired up the game, basically, and it was too difficult for me to play the game and pay attention to chat at the same time. And I also wasn't using any kind of broadcasting software beyond, uh, I think I had XSplit at the time. Okay. But but you couldn't, like, see the game and chat and all the stuff at the same time. So I, I streamed, like, maybe five streams, and then I just, like, yeah, it's not for me. I'm not really a streamer. It's not my thing. And then fast forward all these years later, here we no, are doing a, no, you're a doing podcast. <laughs> yeah, no. and, I'm, and I'm doing it damn near every day, you know. So now just going right there, like, you know, you said that you, you like it. It's sort of, you know, you, you fell into the, the this is what I do. Where do you see yourself? Do, like, do you have five-year goal? Or are you winging it? Like, where do you see yourself in the whole, you know, Twitch Twitch sphere of things in the future? Oh, I'm winging it, baby. One day nice. at a time. Nice. Um, I don't really have a plan. You know, it's, it's so we are, the family and I, we're all moving to Minnesota in February. So just a, a few months down the road. Hold and, on. You're, hold on. Hold, you're moving in like the coldest part of the year from <laughs> Arizona to Iceland. I mean, uh, to, to Greenland, to Newfoundland, to, to Minnesota. Yep. <laughs> it's going to be cold as hell but very very cold frozen north you have a smile on your face though that's you guys can't see it i'm sure you could hear it there's a smile though you you like the cold are oh you, yeah are you a cold person? I, so so here's the thing i'm an arizona native born and raised okay okay i am not a hot weather person at all i was born in the wrong place there's there's viking in my ancestry um you know, among other things, there, there's Russian, there's Viking, there's there's Jewish, there's Native American. I don't know that any of my ancestry is is hot weather climates. Got it. Um, I am in the wrong place. I hate the heat. Absolutely loathe it, despise it. I do not mind the cold. I acclimate to the cold really quickly. Okay. Uh, the problem is when it's, uh, like right now, this time of year for me in Arizona, when it's when we just just barely got out of the triple digit temperatures, mm-hmm. and then when the weather starts going up and down and up and down, where it's you know eighty one day and then you know sixty the next day, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. where I can't really hang with that because I'm still used to the heat. So then when it's sixty outside, I'm like I'm freezing. I need a jacket. Right. 
if you have actual seasons, it's fine. You know, we go out to Minnesota every winter anyway. Oh, um, okay. In December, so we know what to expect. It's just that our, our lease on this house is up in February, and we don't want to continue leasing it. You know, we've been waiting Makes to buy, sense. and then the market went crazy. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, we've, we, we Steph has family out there in Minnesota, so we're going to go uh, head out there. Nice. And we're we're still looking at when the when the market is a little more reasonable, buying something where I can build a proper shop, um, you know. But because of that move coming up, there's going to be some uncertainty. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm already starting to look for a warehouse because I'm not going to have room for this workshop at the house in Minnesota. Okay, so okay. I'm going to have to get a warehouse of some sort or like small industrial space. So I'm looking. I just don't have a good a lot of the spaces i found so far online are are very large i don't need a twenty thousand foot warehouse (laughs) just set up your stuff right in the middle (laughs) yeah yeah like i i'll I'll take up like 200 square feet of a twenty thousand square foot warehouse you know that you know okay i'm just i'm just throwing this out there that would be like the ultimate Twitch niche, though, because you'd have a back backed out camera that would show huge open spaces with you just working in the center, like the 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 look, the just the feel of it. People would be like, "Oh my god, he's in wide open spaces, and he's the greatest." At-. I'm just saying, it may work. It may work for you. I would have to do that. I'm not opposed to that, but I would need to get a few drones and set them up on an AI control so they, you know, do the buzzing camera shots. Dude, dude. Okay. That, that would be that would be pretty pretty legit. I'm just saying that would be it would be like you you turn on your stream and it would, you know, the intro would be the the drone coming in through the building and like you're far away and it comes up. Like that would be like cinematic. You know what I mean? Right? That would be intense. You'd be like, you're, oh, the stream's here. You're giving me ideas for when, <laughs> whenever the day comes that I eventually put content on YouTube. You're, you're giving yes. me ideas here. Dude, right there, uh, and then just have your in the middle of this big, huge area. I'm, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Sorry. But <laughs> it getting me all empty space. You've got the gears turning now. There's ideas happening. Uh, let's go let's but, go i mean that's that's part of the reason though why i don't really have a, a, a short-term or medium-term plan beyond um uh, you know if if i'm not able to find a warehouse space because part of it uh when you're talking commercial real estate it's re- it's kind of weird online it's not quite as easy as finding yeah. like a oh, house yeah. to buy yeah. or a house to rent so there there's a portion of this that might not be able to happen until we actually move there yes and you know, I can drive around and see what's there. So I know exactly what you mean. That's something that, that I've been looking at here when we moved, because we moved from Hawaii to here. Um, and I was like, it would be really neat to get a small warehouse or whatever to have like a little stream office or an art studio um, because things are much, much, much cheaper here. And, and I don't know. I, I know Arizona is not the cheapest, but I'm guessing Minnesota is probably less expensive. So you may be able to, you know, oh, it's not. No. I've never been there. I'm just going, if there's snow and ice, then I'm not paying for shit. The, uh, That's just the me housing... not being a cold person. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think the housing is quite as bad, but groceries and a lot of other expenses are pricey. Okay, okay. I mean, but, I guess yeah. that would make sense if it's harder to get. Well, the icy and snowy, they probably charge extra. Well, it's like Hawaii; everything was more expensive because it was shipped in, even though a lot of it was still made there. And there's always a reason to charge more if they can. I, right. I get it. You know, 
Yeah. So, I mean, in the short term, if like if I can't get a warehouse right away or an industrial mm-hmm. space or find a place for the shop, uh, you know, then I, I do have some backup plans where, you know, in the short term, I've got some games that I haven't had a chance to play that cool. we're going to cover, we're going to play. Uh, and then I also, one of my one of my other hobbies that, you know, again, byproduct of my ADHD is Warhammer 40K. I do paint uh, miniatures, the 40K oh, minis. Oh, nice, dude. And I've got a ton that aren't painted yet because, you know, I, I tend to go through spurts of painting where I'll do it for six months and then not touch it for a year or two years. So, uh, you know, if I can't get the workshop running again immediately, then there's other stuff that mm-hmm. I can I can do and focus on. The the mini community is actually pretty freaking amazing. I um, I know like I bounce around to a lot of different communities. Uh, my niche is very small on Twitch, so there's not a whole lot of graffiti artists. But my some of my favorite things to go. I have I have a ton of people that I go watch that do minis. I'm so intrigued by the the tiny little brush and like you know painting a mini is. There's so much detail that goes into it. It blows me away. Um, but if you if you end up doing that, and I did, I, I'm excited. You know, like I, I'd love to see you doing more knife stuff, but if if it doesn't pan out because you don't have the space right away and you do minis, dude, I'm still gonna be. I mean, I'd be there for you as a person anyway. But like you saying that gets me amped up because I watch those. You know, I have a, a PSK, a guy that that um, I was actually on his stream, co-streaming for his birthday. He invited me to be on there. He he does minis, um, and and so like that community, I love that community. I yeah, love oh, it's the awesome. mini pinning community. I absolutely love it. And, you know, I I think long-term there's, you know, it's, I struggle to call it a long-term plan, but I'm very motivated to be able to do knives and stream full-time. I mean, again, my, my primary focus on business is, is knives. Um, but I want to continue to stream it. So even if the workshop doesn't, doesn't get set up right away, Mm -hmm. the knife business isn't going away. I'm going to continue right making knives, uh, and I'm going to continue to stream it. But, it, you know, I'm in a situation where it's a little bit different. You know, and a lot of times when people say, you know, hey, I want to go full-time, we're, they're talking about streaming, right? It's We're, we're talking about making mm-hmm. Twitch mm-hmm. or making YouTube or whatever platform, or maybe all of them, making them your primary source of income. And I don't think for me that that's ever the goal. I, you know, my goal is is really full-time knife maker, right? And then I just share that journey of that business Got you. with the friends on Twitch, uh, you know, and, and share that as we go. Uh, you know, so anything that, that happens on Twitch is nice, but it's not expected. You know, and that's, you. that's not the focus. That's not the goal. Um, you know, because if, if, if that was the goal, if that's, you know, if I was trying to be a full-time streamer, knife making probably wouldn't be the, the thing I would have chosen to, to be streaming on Twitch. I hear you. And honestly, I like that approach to it of this is what I'm going to do. Twitch is a byproduct of it. I love Twitch. You know, it's a lot of fun just because that's how I started. Like I, I was drawing. And so I thought, yeah, I might as well throw on Twitch, you know, cause I'm going to be drawing anyway. And then it turned into so much more, but I mentally, I want to go back to, just what what you're saying like you're a knife maker that happens to do it on twitch um you know like i i want to get my mental state back to that where i'm an artist i just happen to have cameras on 
um, because it it takes off stress. It takes off a bunch of unnecessary stuff. So you saying that now I'm going to think about it probably for the rest of the evening and, and start implementing it into, you know, the business model that star and I, and, and you know, the punch the media group has, um, because I think it's a healthier mentality. Twitch is, Twitch is wonderful. I love it, but it can also be rough. <laughs> it can be yeah. Really rough. Uh, and, and, and I'm here to yeah, it is, you know, from, from what, Granted, I'm not a pro. I've only been doing it for less than a year, almost a year now, right? But it, at least the way it feels for me mm-hmm. is if I were to try to make my channel or, or for what I've seen from a few other people, and I can't say that this is the same for everybody because mm-hmm. people find success in various ways, and kudos to you for finding success however you find it, right? But for me, if I were to try to change what I do to focus on – I mean – to focus on on Twitch and what you know what's going to drive more viewers or or more mm-hmm. subscriptions or or make it so that I could stream full time and Twitch was my primary you know income where I could quit my job right if I were to try to chase that it would take away from what I'm really here to do and that's just share my craft you know and that's yeah you know for for it some really people does. for some people that may work right and that's that mm-hmm. might might be their goal is to stream full time and that's fine like i said kudos to you however you find like if you if if a person finds success that's their their success they worked for that absolutely what they did to get it won't work for me i have right, to do yeah. what works for me you know you can't just you can't just it's not a formula you can't just copy what somebody else does and now boom you're instantly going to be a success as well it's it's you that goes into it you know and so the, like you said, you're an artist that has cameras. I'm a knife maker that has cameras. That's what I mm-hmm. tell people when they come into my channel, you know, and people ask, when do you stream? Like, well, you know, here's kind of the plan, but really what I do is when I have commissions, we turn the cameras on and you guys get to watch me work on my commissions. And that's nice. That's what it comes down to. And that's, you know, you saying that like, you know, turn the cameras on when you have commissions, it, it, for me, I'm right there with you. When I have commissions, it's super easy to turn the cameras on and just be like, this is what I'm doing. I can't tell you how many times I've not had one. Been like, yeah, but I'm supposed to stream because that's my schedule. Turned on the camera and sat there going, I don't know what to do, guys. Somebody somebody tell me, you know, like I've I've written so many words, I've tagged so many things, I've done graffiti on so much stuff, I've done shoes, I've done water bottles, I've done canvases, I've done people, I've I don't know what to do anymore. Somebody give me something. And having you know a commission there, it does super help. It it really helps because you have something that you're doing. I I got to the point that I'd I'd pull out a random word generator. (laughs) <laughs> just hit it until some word look good and then draw it you know yeah and it's you know it, it might not be and, and i'll be uh, if i'm being 100 percent transparent there's times where i don't have commissions and uh you know it, so i did have a schedule for for a while and there's times where i don't have commissions but uh, you know it's hey this is a stream day uh-huh. so i need to do something so we would just do something or or make you know, Damascus or make a knife or, or whatever, or some days where I just wasn't, you know, feeling the shop because I hurt or didn't feel good, yeah. but, yeah, but yeah. extreme days, so I fired up a game or I was just motivated to play a game. I just felt like it yeah. and I would do that, you know, right now, 
because of the move coming up and also we're approaching the holidays, it's, which is a busy time for my business, I, uh -huh. I threw out the schedule and just said, you know, I'm, I'm going to work on orders and stream as I'm working on the orders based on when I have them. That way I'm not delaying my commissions to wait for stream days or things like that, right? So it's just Smart. an easier way to balance time between the move and the commissions and stuff. Uh, you know, after we move, I don't know if I'm going to go back to a schedule or not. Um, you know, it's consistent enough where people know during the week, one, I post it on Discord when I'm going live. There you go. And two, if it's during the week, it's always around the same time. You know, usually around, like this time would be catching towards the tail end of my stream. You know, normally I'd be going for another hour and a half or so. Okay. Uh, if I'm streaming on the weekday. And then on the weekends, it's early in the day. Uh, you know, so people have kind of gotten used to that where it's it's pretty flexible and there's a lot of orders, a lot of work to do. So, you know, people know, oh, usually during the week I can find three or four days out of the week loan's going to be on. And then on a Saturday or a Sunday, I'll catch loan as well. Um, so it's it's kind of flexible right now. You know, I'm I'm just from my standpoint with with you. I think it totally works because I'm like you were talking about. You know, when you stream, and in my head, like there's often people that I have their their schedule locked in. You know, that I know when. I just thought about. It, I'm like, I have no idea when you go live, when you when you stream. But at the same time, every time around a certain time, I'm looking for you. And you might not be on one day, but that's cool because the next day I'll see you on and be like, cool. Like it 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 works with what you're however you're doing it for me works because I know that you're gonna be on. I just don't know exactly when or what day, but I know you're gonna be there. Yep, you know what I mean? Like generally about so uh, we don't change our clocks here in Arizona. We were talking about this. Lucky, you know, lucky, yeah. lucky. I love it. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I love it and hate it because everybody else changes and then it's weird and I don't know what time it is for everybody else. Like right now, I'm trying to do the math in my head because I stream from generally about 3 or 4 p.m. my time mm -hmm. until about 9 p.m. my time. You know, sometimes that may shift forward or backwards a little bit just depending on how I feel, uh, you know, and how much work needs to get done and what else is going on because, you know, obviously I've got a family, a baby, Right. all that stuff um so right now i think uh pacific just changed so i am an hour ahead of pacific so that would be two to is that right or are we at the same time now see i don't even remember I don't know I, it's almost it's almost seven o'clock right now it's six fifty-two. okay so i am an hour ahead of you yeah, yeah so which for is you, weird because we are the same time half the like, half the year right and that's what confuses me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I never know what time it is. I'm like, which uh, time of year? So I'm an hour ahead right now. So for you, I would, during the weekdays, when I would, whatever day is I am live, mm -hmm. it would be 2 to 8 p.m. or 3 to 8 p.m., somewhere in that range. Right, 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 right. And that's that's usually when I see, like, when, when I'm finishing stream, because I'll either go from, like, 1 to 5 or, like, 11 to, to 3 that like that's where I, I vary in between. I, sometimes I don't start to like two or three, but like when my brain goes off and I don't realize what time it is till it's three in the afternoon, and I'm like, oopsie, <laughs> you know. 
I have a beautiful manager that'll walk into my office and go, hey, are you okay? And I'll just be like, what are you talking about? Oh, my God, I'm an hour and a half late for stream. Um, so I try and keep a schedule. But I also, I also realize that with the communities, their understanding of such, um, I've known streamers that are like, sorry, I was three minutes late. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, like, I don't pay attention to that. But in, in my community, I'll pop on at 10 o'clock in the morning. And I'll get people going, oh, you're early. Cool. We're here. I'll pop on at one and they'll be like, hey, we're here. I'll pop on at three or four. And some of the people in the UK will be like, hey, it's a little bit late, but I stopped in to say hi. But everybody still keeps an eye out. Um, and I think that's just what it is with yours, is that I know that around the time that I finish my stream, that you're going to be starting pretty soon. Or you might already be going, I can raid in, you know, you know, whatever it is. Or, you know, if I if I raid and then I go, okay, there's eight people on right now. So I open up all the other tabs, you know, because usually I have tabs open at all times of I mean quite literally 24 hours a day. There's yep. there's tabs open somewhere. Um, which to me I don't complain because even if I when I get to meet new people, when I get up in the morning and I'm in some weird stream that I've never heard of. I'm like, hey, new people, hi. Um, or I realized over the night that I got gifted four different subs on four different channels. And I'm like, cool, new emotes, you know? Like, yeah, I've met so many cool new people that way. Yeah. Oh, Some yeah, really that... weird ones, too, but mostly cool people. <laughs> yeah. Twitch is Twitch is a spot. Twitch is, you never know what you're going to, it's a box of chocolate. There we go. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, I got to stand up and stretch for a minute. Oh, absolutely. So. And actually, I was going to say we we have monopolized you for for a few hours. Um, but I'm I I feel that honestly, like we just sort of we just sort of scratch the uh, the mountain surface. Like you you're a, you're a, a uh, I'm over here stuttering over my words, but I find so many similarities between some of the stuff you say and the way you look at things and how you see things. In the same way I am. So the more that I get to talk to you, the more that I, I get to know you outside of just, you know, chats and streams, I'm like, I, I, I freaking love this dude. This guy's cool. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get it. I get the way that you see things and think. And it, it puts it in perspective, too, when you do things on stream, I'm like, I get this now. You know, like, I, I'm, I'm right here. And when I see you talking, especially the, the, the way you are with Derek, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, man. There was a few times that I was like, "Y'all better be best friends, or somebody's fighting." Like, what is going on right now? And I Derek's love that over guy. here. Like, Derek's over here. Like, nah, not because I think I even I, I I think you guys were in my stream once, and I was like, "You good?" And it just because you guys were going back and forth, you know, the banner, and I was just like, "Please tell me they're not in an argument." You know what I mean? Like, you never know in Twitch, you know? And, and Derek's just like, oh, no, this this is good, you know, alone. And and you were saying something, like, making fun of him about something else. And I'm like, I love that that camaraderie, that, that you know, brotherhood right there. Like, it made me happy that you guys weren't actually fighting. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's one of those things where, you know, kind of like with, uh, you know, I, I was saying earlier, that's a great example of, you know, where I'm careful. Right verbally and, and even in chat too because you know not everybody has that kind of sense of humor or that kind of relationship where you could joke around and like the way that you and i joke around isn't going to be the same that the way that derek and yeah, I joke yeah around. right yeah you know and it's uh for me it was once like i looked at it i was like there's two ways this can go 
like in, in my head, I'm just you know telling you as it was happening. I'm like, there's two ways this can go: either they are arguing and this is going to get ugly quick, or the exact same words, the exact same scenario. They're really good buddies, and this is freaking hilarious banter that I want to keep going. And you know, once you know, I I saw which one it was. I'm like, bring it on, man. yeah, go and- for it. I love it. You know, it's I, I haven't known them really in the grand scheme of things that long. I met them in March, so shortly after I started streaming. Okay. Um, one of the one of my friends that streams on Twitch, Chevy Guy Twenty Two, the guy that actually does my leather sheets. He's a phenomenal leather worker. Nice. He's one of the people that I knew from before Twitch. He was one of the ones that said you should try streaming. Okay. And I kept saying, no, it's not my thing. And so he got me on here to Twitch, and then he convinced. He said, hey, you should raid Moco Maid. He introduced me to a lot of people. He said, you, know, nice. you should raid these people. You should raid these people. Go meet these people. And, you know, so I met Derek and Devin in, like, early March. And uh, they were they were a huge help, you know, a huge influence in terms of, you know, what I came to expect from Twitch. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, okay. that's obviously still being shaped, but what I saw, you know, they were, they were a big part of what I saw the makers and crafter space could be and should be, yeah. um, you know, where it is a shit show, but you know, it's, <laughs> you can joke around and have a good time. So, you know, right out the gate, I, w- it wasn't that kind of banter uh, that, that we have with those two, because I didn't know them yet, but once we get to know them and, and you're right, like you feel like you're part of the family when you spend so much time with them. Yeah all day every day and you get to know them and you know one of the, so that's where that relationship develops and you know one of the big things on on twitch that i love that i really love where i get a lot of satisfaction out of is, is helping other people hit their goals you know i'm not serious i'm not a i'm not a coach of any kind i could not tell you like don't ask me how to grow your stream i have no fucking idea i can't you know it's like i i don't know i'm you know if you ask me it's like I don't even know how to grow my own stream, nor do I really care. I just want to do what I do. There you um, go. You know, it, but what I do really like is meeting other like-minded people that uh, you know are, are good artists, good people, and and you know genuinely care, or, or just genuinely good people that do cool stuff. Some of the things I didn't even know that I you know wanted to watch, like uh, the fiber artists, you know, crochet and knitting, and but the, I'm there for the people. Right. And that's one of the things I'm, I'm learning, you know, or, or I have learned on Twitch is that, you know, it's because we were talking about there's no secret recipe for how you be successful on, yeah. on, on any platform. It's there for you. Yeah, your, mm-hmm. content, your, your content might catch their attention immediately. It might draw them in, but they're there for you. They come back for you. It doesn't matter what your content is. Um, it, you know, and if you just be yourself, and that's, you know, I, I picked that up a lot from, from them uh you know it's you know just be you it's not about what you're doing it's just about you so it's so true it's so you know, true I, through them and through Chevy and my other friends i met so many awesome people and then one of the things i did like my first week of streaming on twitch i decided you know if i'm going to be here on twitch i'm going to see what else is out there so i started mm-hmm. browsing after a stream one night i started browsing the makers and crafters category and I found, and, and I'm going to give him a shout out here, more and more. Please do. Yeah, he's phenomenal. More and more is, uh, he does a lot of things. He's really a variety streamer, but he's part of the Lego brick building community. He was the nice. first person I found outside of the people that I already knew that brought me to Twitch in the first place. Okay. And I remember it very clearly. It was a 
Friday night, maybe Saturday, but he was building the Sonic Lego set. Sonic the Hedgehog Lego set. It's okay. awesome set. And he was so approachable and easy to talk to, and, and we just chatted. He was very attentive to chat, and I really liked that. Uh, you know, because in gaming streams you don't see that a lot, right? So, right. but they're very focused. Know, yeah, even though there was twenty or thirty people, it wasn't like a huge stream, but there there was a decent amount of people in there. Uh, he ended up getting some big raids later, but we were able to have a conversation. It was very, it was almost like it was just me and more a more in the stream, and that was it. It was just us chatting, and we nerded out for hours about Sonic and the '90s, and nice. like, man, this guy is so cool. And through him, I met the rest of the Lego brick building community. So my first, you know, my, my first few months on Twitch were really just completely immersed in the Lego community. And I'm a okay. fan of Lego. I love Lego. I built it growing up. I had tons of Lego. So it's, you know, that was just a natural fit for me. But then when I met Devin and Derek, um, which, uh, you know, I met them in March, but I, you know, I, I didn't realize that these two awesome groups that had very large followings of, of awesome people didn't know each other and there's so many amazing streamers in both groups that don't know each other and i'm like hey mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know you should raid these people they're really good people or you know and in, in, in the lego group i'm like you should raid you know moco or raid potch or raid whoever they're really good people and they do really cool stuff and seeing good people get connected to good people was so gratifying yeah. that that's now like a big, I don't want to say it's a mission for me, but whenever there's an opportunity when somebody's like, I'm not sure who to raid. I'm like, Oh, you need somebody. Yeah. I got you. I got you. I got in you. my head, I'm thinking like, all right, who's in the list. I'm like, Hey, you should re raid this person. And it's just been incredible to watch these communities grow. Cause now you see uh, like, as a result of it, it, you, you see things happening that would have happened anyway. It's, it's not my doing that, that, so I, I don't want this to sound like I'm taking credit because I'm, I'm not. Yeah, but, but at the same time, you did put effort into it. So, I mean, you right. can take a little bit of the credit, you know, if you, if you, if you helped it along. Well, so what, what, like the example I have is Amish Ace, right? Awesome yes. Lego friend, yeah, yeah. awesome friend, um, super good dude. And he just recently got partnered on Twitch and he's a Lego he streamer. Yeah. And, you know, part of that is you see, you know, he, he would have, he's had steady growth and he's been, you know, he's just been doing the things that work for him. He would have hit partner regardless. Mm -hmm. Bringing the, the Moco Locos into that, you know, bringing them into the Lego community. And like I said, it's just connecting good people with good people and watching yes. communities grow together and merge and, and everybody hitting their goals. That's a part of him getting to partner, getting to where he's at. Mm -hmm. So that, that's why I said it's not me taking credit, because that's all him. He put in all of that hard work, but he is a, he's a good bean, and I connect good beans to other good beans, and I like that. It feels like that's as gratifying as getting excellent feedback on you know a, a product that I made for somebody. And I, I completely understand what you're saying, because the um, – I don't know if you've heard me talk about it, but the Pochthem Media Group – Mm -hmm. So, you know, start off, it's Potchfed. I'm, I'm Potchfed. That was actually a silly gamer tag that, that um, we made up because I didn't know what to do, and my brother started yelling out letters. That, that literally was put together from random letters being yelled at me while I was creating the gamer tag, right? So if there's zero meaning. People always ask me, what does it mean? I'm like, it means my brother yelled P louder than the other letter, and I typed it in, you know, and O and C. So we have the Potchfed channel, and then I I 
totally hear your heart on that of, hey, I know this person and you guys are awesome. I know this person, you guys are awesome. If we put them together, that would be awesome squared. You know what I mean? Like it would be fantastic. And, and we started doing that. Star and I started doing that. We started, you know, working with people and that's where this podcast came from as well is this is a way that I can get to talk to people one-on-one like yourself, right? Cause I think you're awesome. And I think the community that you have in your stream is awesome that you're around. So now I can, I can talk to you. I can get to know you better. It's, it's for me for multiple reasons. One, I love that connection, right? Like I love talking to people that I think are good people, but it also is like a, a Rolodex up here that, okay, I know this person's awesome because I sat down and talked to him more than just surface stuff on stream. Like now we, we've sort of hung out, you know, like we're, we're homies. So if I'm somewhere else and someone is randomly mentioned in another stream that may be a Destiny 2 player, but man, did you see the knife that I had in this game? Like this would be awesome to have a knife like this. And then, you know, hey, we should go raid somebody. Hold the fuck on. I know someone that makes these knives that's live right now. You know what I mean? And then be able to drag people over and go, hey, there's awesome. You're awesome. Go be like I understand exactly. And that's what the Pachta Media Group has become is a way to connect people with other people. Like that's the guy guy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that I've done that to loan before. Maybe you have. Like been in somebody's stream and I was like, hey, you should go to him. He's really awesome. Because yes, because more than it, once, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. we see good people, and that's the, like making a uh, business out of it has been like that fulfilling. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I don't like. Oftentimes, I'll I'll um, if I connect two people, right? And I, I someone's like, "Hey, where should we raid?" I just go, "You don't even have to like." Because usually, if I do that, I know the person, and, and they, you know, like, "Oh." Potch said this, we should, you know, they value my opinion on where to go. You know, they know that I'm not going to take them somewhere toxic, you know, which to me is that makes me feel good to know that you you trust me enough that I'm not going to bring you somewhere bad. But I'll tell them, like, you don't have to tell them I told you to go there. Just go there. You know what I mean? Like, I sort of like to step back out of that in the sense of I don't want any of that to be about me because it's not. It's about two beautiful communities getting to know each other. Like, because I obviously know both of these communities. I don't need to be involved. Y'all need to fucking get together, you know, and, and create this bigger and bigger. And that's what, that's how this was born. That's how this whole thing was born. Um, you know, people that are like, yeah, I just started streaming 30 days ago. Let's talk. Let's, let me, let me, you know, introduce you to some good people. Some of those people don't ever come to my stream anymore, but I'll run into them in other people's streams. Some of those people, I'll find our mods and, you know, like I, I bring, hey, I think you'll get along with these people. And then three months later, I'm in the stream and the person's a mod for that person. And I'm like, uh, you know, like that's what I'm talking about. You know, it, it gives me that internal happy joy feeling that doesn't need anybody else to recognize it. You know what I mean? Like I just have that feeling of like, yay. I know. This is what I'm talking about too. When you find that like-minded people he's like okay yeah let's just sit and hang out for eight hours ten hours you know (laughs) hey i'm i'm saying that 
I've got plenty of time. You want to go for another three hours, another four hours, six hours? Let's go. <laughs> well, what I, what I what I would love to do, um, because you're uh, the first, the you know, this is season two. We we've been doing this podcast now for four months. We finished thirty one episodes already. Season one. This is season two. What I would love to do is you know and of course anytime you're willing to in the next couple months sit and talk with you again just to see you know people hear this hey where'd he go in a couple months you know let's just say they don't go on twitch boom let's go ahead and sit down again in a couple months and and chit chat and see how things are going maybe wait till after you've moved to the great north um you're going to canada but you're gonna be cold um, you know, and see how things are going up there. I'm not um, going to be would... cold. Well, okay. Oh, right true. There. Okay. Forge. So the rest of the family will be cold. He's going to be living next to his forge. Yeah, that's <laughs> on them. 2,400 degrees. Hey, hey, that's that's <laughs> on them. They can buy jackets. I've got a forge. I'm good. <laughs> but also what I want to make sure, if you would send over, and I'm saying this on, on the podcast so that people hear and they, they get it locked in, if you would send over to Star any and all links to your store, uh, your Twitch, your socials, whatever you would want you know, people to come check out your stuff, um, make sure to give it over to, to Star, and that will be in the description below on this, this podcast. Uh, I want as many people as possible, if you're if you're interested in how blacksmithing is, if you have been like, I've been wanting custom, you know, knives or sword or whatever it is, or you just want to watch some dudes swing around molten lava. This, this is, you just take a look at the links, click it. Um, you, not only that is the jokes, the humor, the, the, I like the dry humor. Yeah. I love your dry humor. So to me, that's like wonderful. If, if you're someone that likes dry humor and haven't found it on Twitch, you will now. Um, but I encourage everybody listening, go click on all of them and support. Remember, and if we just want to do the whole salesman thing, a subscription on YouTube is free. Follow on Twitch is free. You know, let's support, let's support awesome people doing awesome things. Um, you know, if you don't have money, there's ways to support for free. If you're a billionaire and you want to give it all to Lone Mountain Knife Company, please do that. Uh, e- either way, from from zero to a billion, let's do don't whatever we can. Don't forget the small guy. Right? No, I think, I, I'm like, I'm always with you. I don't know what it is. I'm like, I'm not going to call him the small guy because custom knives, I don't call guys with custom knives small guys. They'll stab me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i just i would love for everybody to at least go be able to take a look um if you guys have you know listened to this podcast obviously you you have a sense of you know who who lone lone is um and and what he's about and i strongly encourage everyone tell your friends you know don't don't just keep it to yourself and and you know hoard loans time tell your friends let everybody know um, and not that it's your, you know, thing that you would, you're like, oh, I want a million followers. It's not even for you that I'm saying this right now in the sense of you asked me to, it's in the sense of, I think that more people would benefit from knowing you and who you are and what you do and the way that you interact with people. Um, and you, you deserve you, it. Yeah. You have a great, uh, a great personality, a great person, the way that you are. I've seen you the way that you are with your family when they come on stream, the way that you are with other people, like, I think you're genuinely a good person. So 
I'm encouraging people, hey, you want a good person in your life just to go hang out with a couple times a week? You got one right here. Um, right back at cool. you, buddy. Right yeah, back at you. It's pretty freaking cool, man. I, I I love being able to meet people like this. Like, I love the the the... There's so much you see on the news that's negative and, and bad to be able to go, no, 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 there's good people. Like, there's good people in this freaking world. It's refreshing. It's a breath of fresh air. And and that's the way I look at you, my friend. Um, Star, I don't know if you have any, you know, super deep and insightful questions before we go. No, I just want okay. my fan hammer. <laughs> we'll DM you. Let's Let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just want to thank you very much for giving us your time. Thank you for hanging out with us um, and the conversation. Thank you for a good conversation. It was a lot of fun. Always, Pachu, always have my time. Dude, Anytime you awesome. need it. Freaking awesome. So, do you guys listen in? In he won't freeze in in the Minnesota weather, so we will be having him back on the podcast. So just keep an eye out for it. Um, this one will be out. You guys listen to it, and when you hunger for more, we'll have some more for you. Uh, until then, love you, man. It was great chatting with you, Star. You thank don't you have for to leave out. yet. Yeah, <laughs> we're just going to tell everybody listening. Have a great, great, wonderful day, and we'll see you later. Have a great night. Bye. Okay, bye. See, this is we're still recording, and I'm just pressing all the wrong buttons. Did I just push oh, every button? There it is. Something. No, I, I kind of am. Thank you so much for tuning in for this episode of the Podcast. We appreciate your time, and we hope to see you back again for more very soon. Until then, take care, have a wonderful day, and go follow Podchfad on Twitch.